106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I promise I will do everything in my power. I will not relent until we beat this virus. But I need you, the American people. I need you. I need every American to do their part. And that's not hyperbole. I need you. Oh, Joe. Joe. Listen to me. I need you, Joe. I need you. I need you, Joe, to shut up. Oh, my goodness. I'm surprised they let you speak today. Oh, I'm. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they let you out of the basement today. I'm very, very, very surprised. You are an embarrassment to this country. You are embarrassing us all over the world. So, Joe, I need you, Joe. Listen to me, Joe. It's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to go back to your basement and go back to sleep. Go back to bed, Joe. Do what you do best and go to sleep. Go back to sleep. Go night-night. Go night-night, Joe. We know you're not really working. We know you're not really doing your job. We know this, Joe. We didn't even want you in the first place. So we know this, okay? So, I mean, go away. I need you, Joe. We need you, Joe. We need you to just step down and go away. Question for all my leftist friends. What has been your favorite part of the presidency so far? Is it the spike in gas and insulin prices? The troops having to sleep on a cold garage floor at the Capitol? The bombs dropped in Syria or the lack of addressing the country? The cancellation of the pipeline and the 52,000 jobs that were lost? Wait, I'm not done. The illegal immigrants coming into the country without a COVID test? The lies about the first gay cabinet member? The wokeism? The radical leftist idea? I could keep going, but I'm gonna have to circle back. I grew up in a very democratic household, even though both my parents had very conservative views, and I kind of naturally associated myself as being a Democrat growing up. Never thought I would support Trump, but until I'd done my research, I found five good reasons on why I do. One, he's really good at deal making, especially with other nations and putting our best interests at heart. Two, he respects the constitution and our rights to bear arms and many others, and especially the freedom of speech. Three, he believes in law and order and the importance of having it and respecting it. Four, America always comes first no matter what. It's always our best interest for the people, the nation, in order for us to be prosperous and be ahead of the world, especially with China. Five, he exposes the media and their corruption and always pushing these false narratives in order to reach an agenda and pushing out all these emotionally charged articles versus factually unbiased ones. California. We appreciate you listening tonight or tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Whenever you get to this, uh, <clears throat> this will this uh, episode will come up here uh, on 320.
and it is number 103. Podcast number 103, if you care to uh, have to look back on it or need the number somehow. Uh, so on March 20, early morning, it should pop up. It does regularly, just like the sun, Tanner Martis down in Texas is, is just like the, uh, the just reliable and faithful. It's hard to find people that are reliable and faithful nowadays, isn't it? And every week I get somebody saying, Who, who's working? Who, how, do, how does this all work? How does that? Because they look at me, they know I can't do it. So who does this? And so then I tell them the story of the techie that left California for Texas. And now we work together, but we're far apart. Thank you for listening. This is No Hostages Radio. My name is Lou Benninger, and this is our habit to be on the podcast uh, world every Saturday morning. And then you can get it anytime you want, as you know, if you're a podcast expert. So besides this being at your favorite podcast source, No Hostages Radio, you can also go to No Hostages Radio. Dot com if you're new to this and you can listen to previous podcasts pull them off that one spot or or and you can also uh, read some articles that I've been writing for years and for years I wrote for a local newspaper hard copy and electronic newspaper territorial dispatch I'm no longer there but <clears throat> you can reach me I'm I'm kind of fell off the wagon writing articles for a few weeks but I'm back writing again, and you can see those articles at Live with with Lou, Live with Lou on Facebook. The one of my friends, Connie, started a Facebook page and uh, for me, and said, "Hey, why don't you keep writing, and I'll try to get them up there for you." So you can actually get the podcast at Live with Lou pod, uh, Facebook. You can get the podcast at your favorite source. You can get the podcast at NoHostagesRadio.com. You can get the articles also on that Facebook page. So some people have been been saying, hey, hey, you're just going to get kicked off Facebook. Well, you know, I'm not going to worry about that till it happens. And when it does uh, look like it's going to be a problem, then we will gather up the troops, blow the trumpet, and we will move to another platform if there is one at that time. Not worrying about it, just doing what we can. You know, a lot of people worrying about things in the future, you may not even be alive. And you may be in a better place, and you may, so you're just worrying about something taken away from where you're going to be. So relax, take a deep breath, it's going to be okay. Um, all right. So you can reach me at Lou, L O U, at nohostagesradio.com. L O U, at nohostagesradio.com, or you can dial me up, 530 713 18. Three eight five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. I met this couple. Uh, let's see. Recently, I'm just I'm trying to do two things at once, which is really bad news because I'm a one track thinker. So um, I met Ryan and Laura Dunk. Uh, oh, now I've got the name all goofed up. Sorry. <clears throat> I met Ryan and Laura Dunbar. At uh, at the end of a, it seemed like a church meeting at Glad Tidings in Yuba City. And uh, so I'd never met them before, but they were people, relatives and friends of people I know and nice couple. And so the other day I was talking to Ryan 
and he said that they uh, actually have uh, a salsa manufacturing business, or maybe that's not the right term. But anyway, they make salsa. And they're located in Yuba County. They live in Yuba County, but they make salsa up in uh, Nevada County. And it's called Big Daddy Salsa Company. I thought it was cool. And it, it, you know, it's what I love about America because my dad was always an independent business owner and my uncle was a contractor. I have a lot of independent business people in the, uh, in the family. And my, uh, my uncle had a cabinet shop started and, and developed it. And, uh, so I, I really, I get excited when I see families that are launching a business. And so, I'm not saying they're just starting this business. I don't know how long it's been going, but we got to talking about salsa and how much everybody loves salsa. And they said, oh, yeah, we do salsa. And so it, it's called Big Daddy's, D-A-D-D-Y, apostrophe S, not I-E-S, Big Daddy's Salsa Company or Salsa Co. Dot. And uh, so anyway, he said, hey, I'm going to bring you by some salsa. So uh, just a couple hours ago, he dialed me up and and it's, uh, he said, Hey, I'm going to bring you by some salsa, you home. And so I just said, yeah, I'll just step out and grab it. So he pulled up. And so it's very nice. Uh, you know, they had a little, uh, container, a 16 ounce container of this green apple salsa. Really? <laughs> I thought, Oh, that looks good. And I like salsa. And, um, but they said, Hey, you need to try it before we leave. We want to see people's reaction when you try it. So I was standing in the rain cold a little bit cold for california standing in the rain they were sitting in the car looking at me and they handed me the salsa and wanted me to pop the top and then of course if you got to have chips right but of course being a salsa company they like travel with chips that right they got salsa in the car chips in the car so if they want to bust out a a test run they can just do it and then uh, i said oh you should video me they didn't video me, but I tried the salsa. It's very good. So then I came right inside. They drove off, and I polished off about a third of that that sixteen ounce. Very good salsa. So I wanted to give them a shout out uh, about this salsa company because I, I'm all excited about it because I thought, hey, this is a couple that decided, hey, we got we can make some pretty good salsa. I bet other people would like it. And so now, uh, they are uh, peddling it, and I'm gonna see if I can. Uh, pull it up here. So I said, hey, where, where, where can we buy this salsa? And in Yuba County and Sutter County, they're really, they're, they're in lots of other counties surrounding us, but they haven't really uh, dug their, their toes into the, the situation over here in Yuba Sutter, except for Big Al's Market down in Wheatland. So, but I, he's, I said, hey, send me over like where you are. So let me let me rattle these off to you because this is really cool uh, salsa and um, I think you'll like it. I I've never had uh, green apple flavor salsa. So uh, they're really in quite a few Safeway stores like Grass Valley, Roseville, a couple places, a couple Safeways in up in Grass Valley. Couple Safeways down in Roseville, North Natomas off El Paso, Safeway downtown Sacramento on 19th Street, Holiday Markets in Penn Valley, Auburn, Meadow Vista, and Cool, Chicago Park Market, Robinson's Gas in Grass Valley, Speed, SPD Market, Grass Valley, SPD Market, Nevada City, Nat Natural Selection, Grass Valley, Mother Truckers, North San Juan, Living H20, Woodland, Big Owls, and Wheatland. So uh, anyway, cool couple, 
and uh, cool business. They got a great website. It it isn't under the name uh, Big Daddies. It's under BD like Big Daddies. BD Green Apple Salsa dot com. They got a very cool website. Uh, colorful, uh, just good, simple, colorful, straight to the point. And uh, it's it's pitching <clears throat> all their safe. You know, telling about hey, check when you go into Safeway. We don't happen to have a Safeway up here in Yuba Center anymore, but we used to have a couple of them. So congratulations on uh, Ryan and Laura Dunbar. And they are uh, producing the product right there in Nevada County. If some of you Nevada County people are up there, buy, buy some salsa. Support. You know, one thing we've learned about with the COVID thing is that uh, we need to support our local businesses and support small businesses. And so um, we really, the government paid off the big box stores, right? And so uh, a lot of small businesses were declared non-essential, uh, rudely. And I hope we never forget that. If you, if you were, in fact, it's interesting. I, uh, a Mexican family bought a drug house across the street that was totally trashed. And this one guy just single-handedly rebuilt it from the foundation up, the whole house. And uh, they posted a, a a sign in their front yard, we love non-essentials. And I thought, you know, I, I thought, I don't know what else you guys do with your life, but I like that sign, we love non-essentials. And uh, with a big red heart, we, big heart, non-essentials. And I thought, I love non-essentials. I think I'm going to get me one of those signs and put in my yard. But I love small businesses. My dad, had, I mentioned all these people that are in my family at small businesses. I, that's what makes, you think, oh, it's the Teslas, it's the Amazons, it's the Walmarts that are employing almost all the people. It's not true. It's deceiving. Most of the people in the United States, the majority of the people in the United States are employed by small businesses with just like a couple employees, up to 10 people. And uh, I bet this salsa business is... Um, is you know several people in in a food production operation are putting these salsa packages together, and uh, that's what makes America great. So uh, buy some of that Big Daddy salsa next time you're gonna have a party. I bet their phone number here. Maybe you wanna. Maybe you don't have any in your area. I'm gonna give you a phone number. It's on their website, so I know it's cool. So if you wanna buy some, you wanna buy a case or something. You're having a big party and you want to buy a case or so of it to have a bunch around cuz you just keep, you know it'll keep just refrigerate it so you could you could dial up says uh 530-613-5374 530-613-5374 uh give them a shout out and uh, or text them and say hey congratulations about your salsa operations give them a shout out and say we we heard about it right and god bless you and good job that's what we need. We need more people just like them be entrepreneurs. And uh, I think it's cool. People come up with food and stuff. I always like to eat food. And uh, I was telling somebody one of my favorite things to do is eat. I like to eat. So I have to go to the gym to, like, keep it paired off. All right. So uh, we're going to – I want to share something with you first off that caught my attention this week. It's a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. N normally when you hear President Roosevelt, you think of Franklin Delano Delano Roosevelt, FDR, <clears throat> and he was the he's the president in the wheelchair, right? 
and uh, his brother, Teddy Roosevelt, or Theodore Roosevelt, who, who was um, actually before Franklin, he wrote this, and I love this. Uh, he denounced or put down or took to task hyphenated Americans like black American, Mexican American, right? And uh, and he did that very publicly. He wasn't he wasn't worried about the canceled culture, cancel culture. He wrote in the Cornell Daily Sun on October 13, 1915, this statement. There is no room in this country for hyphenated Americanism. Americanism is a matter of the spirit and of the soul. Our allegiance must be purely to the United States. We must unsparingly condemn any man who holds any other allegiance. But if he is, a, is heartily and singly loyal to this republic, then no matter where he was born, he is just as good an American as anyone else. The one absolutely certain way of bringing this nation to ruin, of preventing all possibility of its continuing to be a nation at all, would be to permit it to become a tangle of squabbling nationalities. Now, if you haven't noticed that the communists, the socialists, the Democrats are doing just what he warned against, uh, your head is in the sand. So what's going on here is they're trying to create tribes and have everybody fight each other. That's just what Marx and all the other, uh, not Gracho, Karl Marx, and all the other communists have done is create a class struggle, and then they just take over and then just start killing people off and keep who they want to keep. So you can look that up. Cornell Daily Sun, Teddy Roosevelt's comments about uh, people hyphenating their uh, loyalties. Uh, I was talking about Randy Thomason the other day and referring him or some people in the Yubasut area to, to connect with Randy Thomason because he has been on the inside of the state capitol as a lobbyist for families and righteousness for decades, Randy Thomason. And he's had radio shows. He, I think he started out in the media business, actually, and now then he was with another organization, a lobbying organization for families. And then he went out on his own he, and he started a, a website called SaveCalifornia.com. <clears throat> and uh, so uh, I would really heartily, uh, if, if you want to support an organization that's doing some really good work with not any not big orga, uh, overhead, I would go to SaveCalifornia.com. He also started a sub-website called RescueYourChild.com because there's so many problems with the public schools. And this this website was started almost probably about 15 years ago, it seems like, RescueYourChild.com. It's not as well known as SaveCalifornia.com, but it is all the reasons why you should remove your child, not just be involved in your school system. It's a little late for that, for that, folks. If you think, oh, I don't like what's going on. I think we need to go to a school board meeting. A little late for that. So uh, he tells you why and how to get your kid out of the public school system and get them into a good education environment, and that's rescueyourchild.com. But I wanted to go over a couple things he wrote on a newsletter. I'm on his newsletter. Actually, when I had a radio show on Saturdays with KMYC, uh, when I had to go out, out of town overseas, if I didn't have time, 
if I didn't want to pre-record, I always hated to pre-record because I wanted something fresh. Or I never did uh, do a recording of a previous show. I never did that. Uh, Randy would come up from Sacramento area, and he would do the show for me. And he's a really good speaker. He's actually spoken up here a number of times. But uh, I, he makes some comments here about the recall of Gov Governor uh, Newsom. And we've been talking about this since June 10th of uh, 2020 when the recall was authorized to start. And so now we're about uh, <clears throat> we're about nine months down the road. And and uh, so as of March 17th, they they were supposed to turn in, start turning in the uh, signatures. And um, we needed almost one point five million. But actually, when I what Randy says here in his note, um, it's it's being internally in, reported, in other words, within the recall movement that they're, they've collected 2.117730, so 2,117,730 total signatures have been turned in, filed with the California State Registrars of Voters. He says, hypothetically, if there's a 75% validity rate or if 75% of those 2.1 million signatures are good signatures. That means we have our 1.588.297 valid. We have more than we need by over a hundred thousand, um, by about a hundred thousand, he says. So he's putting his money on if they don't completely cheat, just like they stole the election from Trump, uh, and from the American people that uh, it was a landslide uh, for Trump. So, uh, he's saying, I'll bet my money that there's going to be uh, an election this fall. Okay, so I've, I've heard about this as well, the term I heard the end, towards the end of the year. So he says, I want to remind you, Randy Thomason has always been big on not voting personalities or who you think can win, but to vote on vote your values. Vote your values. So many times we've compromised voting our values. So he uses an example of compromising voting our values as the 2003 California recall. It was the first and only time a governor has been successfully recalled in the state of California and only second time in the history of the United States of America. So in 2003, people were fed up by, uh, with a guy named Gray Davis, who was a, uh, a Democrat governor and I don't, I don't want to waste time going into all the reasons he got recalled because it's history and we can't do anything about it. It's over. So a lot of people threw their name, their hat in the ring or their name in the hat or whatever you want to say. They, they, they registered to run for office to take uh, Gray Davis's spot. Two guys that were kind of the big shots that threw in was Arnold Schwarzenegger and, uh, of course, we all know Arnold from the movie business, the media business, and from what his weightlifting heroics. Uh, and so uh, he was a, a social, he claimed to be a Republican, but he was a social liberal. And the other guy uh, was a rock-solid conservative, uh, former history professor, Tom McClintock. So we're coming to the end of our first segment, a first segment of six, and I'm going to take a break here and take a swig of tea, and then I'm going to tell you about that race and how we need to avoid the same predicament. Be right back.
Washington, those $2,000 checks will go out the door. We will be able to pass $2,000 stimulus checks for the people next week. We'll deliver the $2,000 stimulus checks. And that begins with the $2,000 stimulus. When you send me and Reverend Warnock to the Senate, we will pass those $2,000 stimulus checks. You send me and Reverend Warnock to the Senate, we will pass those $2,000 stimulus checks. They will make decisions about whether we give people a $2,000 check. We need to pass $2,000 stimulus checks for the people. We're getting people the $2,000 in relief, direct payment. Congress should pass $2,000 checks. President-elect Biden and Democrats are all pushing for $2,000 relief checks. $2,000 stimulus checks. $2,000 relief checks. $2,000 relief checks. They should send $2,000 checks to the American people right now. We're supporting $2,000 relief payments right now. We need to be passing the $2,000 stimulus relief checks. That means we need John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock who will go to D.C. to ensure the $2,000 checks. You see ads that say, want your $2,000 stimulus check? Vote Democrat. Vote for Warnock. Well, I actually have a bill for that. <laughs> One of the first things that I want to do when our new senators are seated is deliver the $2,000 checks to the American families. And the debate over $2,000 this is some abstract debate. $2,000 checks, so kind of actually $1,400 checks. By electing John and the Reverend, we'll put an end to the block in Washington that $2,000 stimulus check. Ten moderate Republicans want a seat at the table to pitch a slimmed-down relief proposal. That money that will go out the door immediately. What they might be willing to do is negotiate on those stimulus checks. How can you assure Americans that a relief will come and come soon? Have you ever known anyone in the history of the United States of America that could be president and assure exactly what the Congress is going to do? That money that will go out the door immediately. And that's not hyperbole, that's real. This is money directly in people's pockets. They need it. We need to target that money. So folks making $300,000 don't get any windfall. But if you're a two... If you're, two, uh, uh, if you're a family that's a two-wage uh, earner, each of the parents, one making 30 grand, one making 40 or 50, maybe that's a little more than, well, yeah, they need the money, and they're going to get it. And here's what I won't do. I'm not cutting the size of the checks. They're going to be $1,400, period. That's what the American people were promised. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Hey folks, Sheriff Lamb here. Now I'm a sheriff out here in Arizona, and like many of the other sheriffs here in Arizona, border security is a big issue for us. Now this week during the presidential debate, they talked about border security, and President Trump talked about how important it was to secure America. And he talked about coyotes. Now there's a lot of you, even some with blue check marks who think you're smarter than all of us, that were making fun of the president for using the term coyote. We have plenty of these out here in Arizona. This is what the president was referring to. These are also coyotes paid by the cartel to bring people and drugs into our country like this. See all these guys in the camouflage clothes? Well, this may be a joke to some of you. This is not a joke to us out here. Nor is it a joke to the hundreds of thousands of people who have been trafficked by the cartel or the millions of people who have lost loved ones from drug addiction like heroin, fentanyl, methamphetamines. 
we take it serious. And we're thankful to a president who also takes it serious and who believes in border security. Please stand with us in protecting our borders. God bless. Welcome back, and we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom McClintock race in 2003. There were a number of other people, lots of people that throw, you know, it's crackpots, everybody, they can get on the ballot. They'll put their name on there and say, I ran for governor one time, right? Their grandkids and triple great-grandkids will remember, hey, granddad ran for governor. He only got six votes, but he ran. So anyway, it was McClintock against Schwarzenegger. So one of the complaints about McClintock was, I voted for McClintock was, oh, he can't get elected. He can't get elected. Well, McClintock's been a congressman, um, now a U.S. congressman for many, many, many years, and he's very bright, and he's a leader back there. Uh, and so, anyway, the race went to Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so many, many uh, conservatives and Christian conservatives uh, voted for the guy they thought might win. Well, nobody's going to ever win unless you vote for him, right? People need votes. So uh, so Randy's admonition, Randy Thomason with SaveCalifornia.com, is don't vote for personality or non-policy issues. If Don't get hung up on non-policy issues. He says vote for someone who will consistently veto every bad bill. Most all of them are bad passed by the Democrat-controlled state legislature. Listen, the Democrat controls both houses in California. Therefore, the only thing we have to stand in the way of every funky bill that comes down is a conservative governor. Now, can they can they over override the veto? Yeah, there's there's a plan for that. But they have to go for it, and they have to get those votes. And having a governor veto over and over and over again makes it more difficult for people to uh, to weather the storm and keep voting for something, particularly if, if they're in a close district where a Republican's breathing down their neck. So uh, it's, it would be great to have a Republican. Now, there's going to be Democrats that will throw their name in the hat as well uh, to uh, run to replace Gavin Newsom. So like I've mentioned, every seemed like every week for nine months, the way this ballot will work is one question will be, do you want, are, are you in favor of recalling the governor? Yes or no, or something along those lines. Then they'll have a secondary question not that they're, they're going to pose to you, whether you, and we're not even going to know whether we need a secondary question, like who's going to replace him if you replace him, if you want to replace him. I mean, there's some people saying that even though we've got all these signatures, there's still tens of thousands of voters in, in California and you can still register to vote right now to, to vote against Gavin or, or for him if you want, but you could still register to vote. The point is some people are saying that Gavin is still more favorable than he is uh, unfavorable and he's going to win the election. Well, we'll see here. We're in Northern California. If a hundred percent of all Northern Californians voted to recall Gavin and just LA County, voted that they wanted Gavin, we would keep Gavin. 
because that's how screwed up the voting is, and that's why we need a separate state. That's another topic for another day. So uh, anyhow, so what what we're going to do is we're going to vote yes or no. Gavin stays. Gavin goes. Number two is who do you want instead of Gavin? And there may be 20, 30 people there. And so you'll need to really pay attention who are the rock-solid conservatives. And the other thing is, if somebody is running that you think is your favorite buddy, he's your horse riding buddy. He he you love his stand. But he can't he couldn't he couldn't manage his way out of a out of a uh, you know, a uh a sandwich shop. If you ran a sandwich shop, you couldn't run a sandwich shop. You got to have somebody with some head on their shoulder that could run essentially a country. We're a country over here in California with this many people and what's going on here. We're we're a small country. And we need somebody that that's got some money. You're not going to be able to have $50,000. You know, I I it's shocking to me that these supervisor races in our counties right now, people are spending like $50,000 to to get a supervisor's position. So if you don't have money, if you don't have backing, you're probably not going to have a chance. But out of the people that are strongest, we need to pick someone that really has strong, solid, not rhino. Like right now, we got James Gallagher is a rhino. James uh, Jim Nielsen is a rhino. That's Republican in name only. And they, on one, some days they'll be good. And then something gets, I don't know whether it's a liberal demon gets in their brain or in their spirit, but they just go nutso and uh so that's what's coming up um so he lists some of the people that are that are running and uh so he lists currently he says your main republican choices that have have said i'm running uh according to public policy records of on the issues are rick grinnell he's a homosexual married to a man uh that has no legislative record and he says two half conservatives a guy named Kevin Falconer, who's got all kinds of corrupt stuff going on around him in in uh, San Diego County, and you have Doug Osi, who's a total loser uh, in in terms of being a true Republican. Um, he leans conservative. Some people say I think he's pro-abortion, Doug Osi. And uh, let's see, and you got hardcore conservative John Cox. John Cox ran before and lost. And now I'm wondering whether they really have lost. I, I, right now, I, the Dominion voting system, we're running against. Uh, if you're if you're a conservative, you're you're campaigning against the the liberals and Dominion voting system because Dominion voting system is one counting the votes in California, and they claim that they ran a real clean system, and right now all these judges now that are good judges are coming out finally. And saying that the whole system was corrupt, but we had all these corrupt judges, right? And who who would not hear these cases under Trump. So it didn't matter whether somebody. It's just like if if somebody ransacked your house and did a home invasion, and no cops had time to come over and investigate, right? And so you lost all your stuff. Nobody got arrested, and uh, you're just left out to hang, hang out, to, hung out to dry. And that's exactly what happened. We had corrupt judges that wouldn't hear cases right away. And so they just thought if they just uh, procrastinated, Trump would lose. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, anyway, so we're running against the opposition. We're running against Gavin Newsom. We're running against anybody that would be liberal and replacing him. And we're running against Dominion voting systems. Uh, okay. So um, 
that's one thing Randy talks about. You if you can get his newsletter by just going on that uh, website, SaveCalifornia.com, and then uh, asking to be sent the newsletter, it comes electronically, and this is where I'm getting this information, which Randy has got solid information, no baloney on Randy's sites. So then he talks about reopening California. So have you noticed? I don't I don't know whether you, you live up here in the Yuba Sutter counties. Some of the folks that are listening are in other states. I got some folks, a couple people down in Florida and a few over in Texas, Missouri, Utah, Idaho, Nevada. And so this this doesn't really apply to you, but all these states are kind of figuring out how to get back whatever normal is going to be, right? Reopening. So Randy says, after 12 months of unscientific, unnecessary, unproven, unconstitutional lockdowns in California, there are two ways to reopen, fully reopen now, or reopen very slowly to your own harm. Right now, SaveCalifornia.com is especially urging Ventura County, small businesses, private schools, and church congregations to reopen right now, because Wednesday... Ventura County announced, that's probably just a couple days ago, it has dropped its remaining lawsuits against two restaurants and three gyms that stayed open in defiance to county authorities. But since there's no statutory authority whatsoever to uh, these cases, they had to be dropped. This is a green light for everyone in Ventura County to fully reopen without negative consequences. Just do it. Now, I was speaking by Zoom to the Yuba County supervisors uh, at their last maybe it's two meetings ago. And I said, Hey, you owe it to the County businesses, our businesses residing in Yuba County to go talk to them and say, please open. We're sorry. Open up. Don't be afraid. We're not going to harass you anymore. You're not going to shut down anymore. Some of them are tired of trying to go out and fight, find employees. They fired them twice now in Yuba County in Sutter County. You talk about screwing up people's lives, supervisors did just that. And I said, you need to go talk to the all the businesses you shut down, non-essentials. Apologize to them, calling them non-essentials. It's just like so sick. So Randy's advocating the same thing. The slow way is a government's way, that is, which is permitting nearly 90% of Californians to reap reopen at 10 percent 20 percent 50 percent of capacity in other words you can't open and fill your whole restaurant you can't do this you can't do that one rule after another you got to walk on this dot you got to stand on this x you got to walk through this pattern it's just bs people blow it off stand up he says of course there's no scientific reason for any of this since the lockdown lockdowns don't work face masks don't work Yet there are so many small businesses, particularly restaurants, gyms, salons, that if they don't fully reopen right now, uh, will be fully financially ruined and closed permanently. That's certainly true. That is true. So that's why it's encouraging to see restaurants in uh, like, like I, I was shocked. Listen to this. Listen to this. He says, I was so encouraged to see restaurants like Tin Horn Flats in Burbank, California, fighting tyranny. Now listen what they did. You think you got problems. It's owned by the Lepigian family. That's L-E-P-E-J-I-A-N, Lepigian, or Lepigian. They The Lepigian family owns Tin Horn Flats restaurant, okay? When the, 
when the county shut off their power, they went out and got gasoline generators to fire their business back up. Then when an unconstitutional judge okayed padlocking the restaurant doors, the Lepigians took the doors off the damn hinges. Can, is that awesome or what? That, I thought it was awesome. This is what defending your God-given rights looks like, says Randy Thomason. I want to say that again. According to Randy Thomason, this is what defending your rights. Oh, well, we couldn't like we they they took they you know we have Clint Curry, who's the DA of 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 uh, Yuba County, that was advocating cutting power and water off. And I I told Randy uh, Randy Mitchell at Uppercuts, he said, I don't care. We got we got generators. We'll bring in our own water. We'll bring in bottled water. We don't care what he does. Do it. Let's just do it. So th- I would love this if they locked the doors. They would have took taken the doors off the hinges. So awesome. So Randy Thompson says, why any more tyranny? Remember the number of infections. Anyway, gets in all the numbers of it. Just does. It's so much BS. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell there. What I God bless the Lepigian family. If you're ever in Burbank. Go to Ten Horn Flats and spend some money. We need to bless those people. They're so far and few between. Uh, the uh, oh, let's see. I can't think of all the right names, so I'm going to leave that alone. Okay. <clears throat> now he says the next thing he says. Randy Thomas says training up school children to be racist, radical left warriors, and and he says given the Democrat politicians vice grip hold on the california state board of education the racist new ethnic studies curriculum teaching all non-whites they are oppressed and need to fight against and overthrow their oppressors these guys are they're all like on lsd or something it's expected to be approved today this is when it was written i think uh, earlier this week probably this 14 15 16 something like that i can't remember when the email went out uh, the curriculum teaches children to reject their identity as an American. And to you remember what I read about Teddy Roosevelt? Reject your identity as an American and to become soldiers of the left, like whatever ethnic group you are. I'm, a, I'm an African-American. I'm a Haitian-American. I'm a Cuban-American. At its core, he says, ethnic studies is communist propaganda. Even some honest liberals are disturbed by the aggressive recruiting nature of the curriculum. Here, I'm not going to go. He lists a whole list of stuff. Listen, people. You know, this is so interesting. I've had church people say to me, well, I I don't want to really trust my child to the daycare at the church, or I I don't want to give them over to the youth group or the Sunday school. Then they actually send them to the public education system, for God's sake, that are propaganda. They got more molesters in the public education system than any church ever dreamed of happening. In fact, we actually fingerprint. Somebody has talked to me about this the other day. I think it was an ex-law enforcement guy. And I said, we were the first church, Glad Tidings, in the entire valley that we actually had our own fingerprint system, the ink fingerprint system, and we we were connected to the Department of Justice running background checks on anybody working with kids. We actually had people think they're too good for our daycare, for our youth groups, for our children's programs, but they would send their kids, leave them all day at a local public school that protects, protects pedophiles. Holy mackerel. If you talk about a disconnect and lost their mind, or they'll send them to Little League 
or to soccer or work with a coach that you don't know where that what that guy's up to. Guy could be a totally addicted to pornography or something. And and they say, oh, yeah, we love Coach Jones or whatever. The kid and girls, little girls are running around with these guys coaching them. And they don't know what the heck they're doing. It's just like they're drunks. They're smoking weed, doing drugs. It's like crazy. And oh, yeah, we're, we're nervous about church. I said, really, really, really? These people have lost their minds in America. Most of them just are religious nuts. They're not even fully Christian. All right. So, um, so rescueyourchild.com, savecalifornia.com. Listen, I'm giving you, I can't do the work for you. All I can do is be a signpost and say, go down that road if you want more information on this. And uh, actually, people, I just had somebody contact me. Uh, in fact, I had a guy contact me. I, I don't know whether he was in, he's a Yuba County guy. And he was saying, hey, Lou, who's that guy that helps with the, uh, get you the, uh, to requalify for the concealed weapon permit. So I, I was able to give him a shout out uh, with Monty Hecker. So s- some people are uh, benefiting fr- from some of these connections we're giving them. Now, uh, okay, let's see. What else do I got going here? Uh, we're running out to the, uh, oh, we got three minutes. So I want to pitch this. We've been working on um, opening uh, getting our government officials, supervisors, and city councils to open their meetings back to the public. That's, by by the way, uh, on the law books, right? It's in the law that they're supposed to be open meetings, and they can't temperature check you. They can't force you to wear a mask. They can't force you to sit certain distance apart. Those are all communists gaming you, right? Uh, what else? They can't force you to sign in. If they if they want you to declare your name or something to publicly speak, that's one thing. But they cannot force you. Do you know in, in communist China, at the registered churches in communist China, they used to force people to sign their names to attend the meeting. And now they just take, they do a snapshot of you, facial recognition. And uh, But that's what they're trying to do here in America. They just want to copy communism. That's communism. People have a right to come and sit in a public meeting and be anonymous if they're not going to speak. If they're going to come up and shoot their mouth off, right, then they need to state their name. And sometimes they ask you to state yeah, where you're from. Are you from this city, that city, whatever. So uh, we've been doing a protest uh, out in front of the Yuba County Government Center. That's at 8th and J in Marysville. They are, the, they are the only jurisdiction between Sutter County, Yuba County, Marysville City, and Yuba City Council and Supervisors, the only jurisdiction, the only board that is not open to the public. In fact, they don't even come in and sit in their supervisors' chambers. They just they sit on a side hill or, or wherever place of ill repute they're sitting at the time and zoom in, and they think that's a good enough open meeting to fulfill all righteousness, and they're all full of baloney. So uh, recently, at a recent meeting, Andy Vasquez, who's one of the uh, longest-sitting members on that board now, said, listen, I think we, we need to put it on the agenda to vote to open the meetings and have normal meetings again. So that there's a meeting. Uh, it's not gonna, They're not going to be in their chambers still. They're going to be Zooming. But we, we're going to meet at 8th and J. That's a Yuba County Government Center. Now, some of my friends got all confused, and they went in the morning. They went over to the Marysville City Hall. That's not where they meet. They meet at, right at the base of the 10th Street Bridge, 
Yuba County Government Center on the south side. We're going to be there no later than 845. We want to get there, want to have a little prayer, rally up a little bit, and then we want to get our cell phones tuned in and on the Zoom so we can speak. We'll be standing right in front. We'll have bring your flags, bring your protest signs, uh, come dressed warm, and uh, we'll uh, – we want to we want people to speak for up to three minutes bring a topic you might just say hey i want to advocate open meetings right and we're going to meet there and we're going to zoom we'll be there about an hour and last time we finished by doing a prayer walk around the whole uh complex just did a walk and a prayer just like a jericho walk and uh, i'm going to take a break and i'm going to finish this up on the back side so we're at the end of our second segment if you're keeping track well she's walking Circus mind that's running wild. Well, my name is Elizabeth, but I go by Betsy Leroy. I am a restaurant owner of almost 28 years in Wilmington, Delaware, actually the Greenville area. And the name of my restaurant is Pizza by Elizabeth. The reason I love having a small business now is because I get to work with amazing people. I have amazing customers. I get to interact with them on a daily basis. And I feel like we serve our community really well. We have 60 different homemade toppings. It's actually quite large. We've gotten larger as we've grown. I have 54 employees that I love dearly. We serve really great pizzas with vintage wines and we're kind of a date night place. My relationship with my employees is more like a family than coworkers. I've had probably more than seven or eight that have worked with me more than 20 years. And we really look after each other. We care for each other. Uh, when something bad happens to them, I feel it. Um, they work really, really hard to make me happy because they know I love them. I'm speaking to you because I really believe that this is not a great time for anybody to mandate a raise in wages, it's not going to be helpful because the people that make a minimum wage are just entry-level people that have no skills. And the reason they are entry-level is because we'll teach them. If we were to start with a $15 minimum wage as a starting wage, we would have to lay off employees. Uh, with things the way they are, and no one has a full dining room anymore due to seat restrictions and just people not being comfortable yet. Although, you know, we're doing our best, part of my family will be gone. And that's just, you know, very sad to me. People that think that everyone deserves a fair minimum wage don't realize that there are business owners like myself that don't have the money to pay our employees now. It's not because we want to keep the money for ourselves. We have to raise everyone's pay. It's just not possible. So although it sounds like it's a really kind thing to do, it's really the opposite. This particular critic that I've been reading said, well, that, that doesn't differentiate Christ much from a whole sequence of dying and resurrecting mythological gods. And of course, people have made that claim in comparative religion, Joseph Campbell did that, and Jung to a lesser degree, I would say, but Campbell did that. But the 
difference, and C.S. Lewis pointed this out as well, the difference between those mythological gods and Christ was that there's a, there's a representation of, there's a historical representation of his, of, of his existence as well. Now you can debate whether or not that's genuine. You can debate about whether or not he actually lived and whether there's credible objective evidence for that, but it doesn't matter in some sense because this, well, it does, but there's a sense in which it doesn't matter because there's still a historical story. And so what you have in the figure of Christ is an actual person who actually lived plus a myth. And in some sense, Christ is the union of those two things. The problem is, is I probably believe that. But I don't know. Okay. I don't. I'm amazed at my own belief, and I don't understand it. Like, because I've seen. Sometimes. The objective world. And the narrative world touch. You know that's Jungian synchronicity. Yeah. And I've seen that many times in my own life. And so in some sense, I believe it's undeniable, you know, we have a narrative sense of the world. For me, that's been the world of morality. That's the world that tells us how to act. It's real. Like we treat it like it's real. It's not the objective world. But the narrative and the objective world touch. And the ultimate example of that in principle is supposed to be Christ. But I don't know what to, and that seems to me oddly plausible. Yeah. Well, but I still don't know what to make of it. It's too, partly because it's too terrifying a reality to fully believe. I don't even know what would happen to you if you fully believed it. If you believed in the story of Christ or if you believed that history and, and let's say, the narrative make meet, let's both, say. Both, I yeah. think. I think you, because when you believe that, you buy both those stories. You believe that yeah. the narrative and the objective can actually touch. Yeah. Creative Light Theatre presents Choices, an original musical comedy dinner theatre showing April 21st through 23rd at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday and Thursday's shows are $22 per person or $200 for a table of 10. Friday's show is $33 per person or $300 for a table of 10. This original musical production of Choices is a journey through time granting a glimpse into the stories of Adam and Eve, Abraham Lincoln, Adolf Hitler, and more. This collection examines some big history-making choices and gives us a chance to consider the privilege and responsibility we exercise every day with the choices we make. Come laugh and ponder Creative Light Theater's musical comedy dinner theater choices at the Embassy Theater, 1179 Eager Road, Live Oak. Or call 530-671-3160 for information and tickets. So we're going to be there. Uh, Y'all come. You don't have to be from Yuba County. You can be from Yuba County, Sutter County, whatever county you want to come from. And that is this coming Tuesday, the 20. Let's see, 20, 21, 22. Anyway, this coming Tuesday. Darn it. What what day is that? I I think I wrote it down wrong. 
Yeah, it's Tuesday the 23rd, three, March 23, okay? 845. And then if you're from this area and you want to go over to the Sutter County Supervisors, which it's open, but what we're doing is we're now speaking uh, speaking to issues. And uh, so uh, at 245, we're meeting at the Sutter County Supervisors meeting, which is held at this at the Yuba City City Council Chambers. That's at the corner of Civic Center Boulevard and Butte House Road. Civic Center Boulevard and Butte House Road. And that's a city council chambers, but they both are meeting there at different times. So Sutter County Soups, 245 on uh, March 23 in the morning, 845 Yuba County. So we really appreciate the presence out there. I think we had about 30 people, 25 to 30 maybe. Uh, and a few people got lost. So, uh, but uh, we're doing good. So show up and we'll we'll make it an enjoyable time for you. And if you want to speak, you can just get on the Zoom and we can go for it. Now, I'm going to take time right now for the most of the rest of this segment. I'm going to play a clip by Dr. Steve Hotze, H-O-T-Z-E of Houston, Texas. He has a big medical operation down there. And he's explaining in detail about the mRNA or Moderna so-called vaccines and you He's, he's very methodical in his explanation. It's not boring. It's very good. If you're thinking about going and getting the vaccine or you're definitely not, this is going to arm you and equip you. I have people texting me, calling me, saying, Lou, I was thinking about getting the vaccine. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm scared. And I've been helping people think this through. So uh, anyway, we're going to right now we're going to listen to that clip. So I'm going to pause things and we'll be back in a second. Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Hotze, founder and CEO of the Hotze Health and Wellness Center in Houston, Texas. The so-called COVID-19 vaccine is not a vaccine at all. It's a dangerous experimental gene therapy. The Center for Disease Control, the CDC, gives the definition of the term vaccine on its website. A vaccine is a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. Immunity is the protection from an infectious disease. If you are immune to a disease, you can be exposed to it without becoming infected. This so-called COVID-19 vaccine does not provide any individual who receives the vaccine with immunity to COVID-19, nor does it prevent the spread of the disease. It does not meet the CDC's own definition of a vaccine. That's why it's a deceptive trade practice under 15 U.S. Code Section 41 of the Federal Trade Commission for pharmaceutical companies who are producing this experimental gene therapy to claim that it's a vaccine. These pharmaceutical companies are lying to the public. The government health bureaucrats are also lying to the public by calling this treatment a vaccine. This COVID-19 experimental gene therapy is only designed to minimize your symptoms if you were to be infected with the COVID-19 virus. 
Let me reemphasize that this COVID-19 experimental gene therapy does not meet the CDC's own definition of what a vaccine is. It does not provide immunity or prevent the spread of the disease. By referring to this therapy as a vaccine, the pharmaceutical companies are attempting to shield themselves because vaccine injuries or deaths are exempted by law from any product liability lawsuits. The United States health bureaucrats initiated Operation Warp Speed to fast track the so-called COVID-19 vaccine. On December 11, 2020, the FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine and Moderna's vaccine was approved just a week later. Now, these so-called vaccines were approved without any published animal studies and without any long-term human studies. This means that individuals who get these so-called experimental gene therapy vaccine treatments are the guinea pigs. That's right. Humans will be the guinea pigs. These so-called vaccines, which are manufactured using cells derived from human babies that were aborted in the 1970s, should more accurately be called experimental gene therapy. They are untested, unproven experimental gene therapy that poses a much greater danger and risk to your health than the COVID-19. Moderna is a company, pharmaceutical company, a biotech company located in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It was founded in 2010 as Mode RNA Therapeutics. That's where they got the word Moderna. It has been developing experimental gene therapy using synthetic mRNA for the treatment of various diseases including the COVID-19. Now, this is really important to note. Over the last 10 years, Moderna has never successfully developed any product for treatment of any disease prior to this. An experimental gene therapy using synthetic mRNA to treat an infectious disease has never been attempted in humans. Why? because of its failure in previous animal studies. The theory behind conventional vaccines is to inject a small amount of the infecting virus or the bacterial protein into your body, which in turn will cause your immune system to produce antibodies to that infecting organism and provide you with immunity. The new COVID-19 so-called vaccine is not a vaccine at all. It's a synthetic messenger ribonucleic acid called mRNA. It's experimental gene therapy, and it works much differently than historic vaccines. The theory behind this is that when this synthetic mRNA is injected into your body, that it inserts itself into your cells. And now it begins to produce the coronavirus spike proteins. That's right. Your own cells now will have this synthetic MRA that you didn't even make from your DNA that's been imposed, impressed into your cells. It's now going to make the spike protein of the coronavirus. Why would you want to do that? If you're perfectly healthy, why would you want to inject a foreign 
mRNA into your body. Well, you're, uh, what, what is expected to have happen is that, well, your body will start producing antibodies to this coronavirus protein made by your own cells. There's no way to know how long your cells will produce these viral proteins or if they'll ever stop producing them. Your immune system will be hypercharged because it's, it's having to fight off all these viral proteins that your own body's making all the time. And it will overreact when exposed to any type of coronavirus in the future. This is what happened when mRNA experimental gene therapy was used in testing other types of coronaviruses in animals back in 2005 and again in 2012. The animals died from an immune system hyperreaction when they were later exposed to the coronavirus against which they had been previously vaccinated. This hyperreaction is called an antibody enhancement reaction. Because these are the first mRNA vaccines ever used in humans, you would think that they would have first been tested and proven safe in published animal studies and have at least two years of human testing, which are routinely required for a vaccine. Instead, the COVID mRNA so-called vaccine was only tested on humans for a couple of months. Wouldn't it have been prudent to have a long-term human study before recommending mass vaccination of the entire population? Adverse effects are inevitable. In the first month of use, there were more than 40,000 documented adverse reactions in the United States, including thousands of cases of anaphylactic shock and serious neurological problems. Because less than 10% of adverse effects are routinely reported to the vaccination board, hundreds of thousands of incidences and damages from the, pro, uh, from the uh, injection have likely occurred. That is only in the first 30 days. As of February 14th, there were also 934 deaths of individuals who had received this experimental gene therapy so-called vaccine, including baseball great Hank Aaron. I know several individuals that took this vaccine, unbeknownst to me, that have died within two days. That's no coincidence. Even more worrisome are delayed and long-term adverse effects of this, uh, of this experimental gene therapy. The synthetic mRNA experimental gene therapy turns on the production of COVID-19 proteins, but it has no off switch. It just keeps on replicating and the immune system keeps on mounting an immune response against it. That is why some researchers are concerned that it's going to provoke autoimmune reactions, setting you up for a lifetime of serious inflammatory disease. Another major concern is the possibility that COVID-19 experimental gene therapy can make infections even worse. There's a convincing argument that this experimental gene therapy may trigger an antibody-dependent enhancement reaction. 
that increases the virus's ability to infect your cells. In other words, if you come down with a coronavirus infection in the future after receiving your experimental gene therapy injections, then you may have a much worse case than if you'd never had this therapy in the first place. That's when the treatment is worse than the disease. And that's what it looks like this experimental gene therapy is. Many experts are predicting a surge of life-threatening infections, inflammatory disorders, and deaths coming in months and years for those who have received this treatment. Of course, the blame will be placed on a, a mutant virulent strain of COVID-19 virus rather than on poorly tested experimental gene therapy. And then they'll want to do mandatory vaccinations of everybody. Even if it were acknowledged, the U.S. government, which has spent over $12 billion on COVID-19 vaccines so far, would foot the bill for any damages incurred by those who received the treatment. As I previously mentioned, by law, pharmaceutical companies cannot be sued for any injury caused by any vaccine. So by lying and calling this experimental gene therapy a vaccine, they are reaping enormous profits with no down risk of product liability. Not only is the media downplaying the COVID-19 gene therapy side effects, but they seem content to simply repeat the drug makers' overly optimistic claims of efficacy. You've probably heard that both Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are 95% effective. This is a false claim. It's a lie. Yet the medical establishment and the government bureaucrats have simply taken these pharmaceutical companies' word for it and are encouraging everyone to line up for this experimental gene therapy so-called vaccine. At the time the Pfizer and Moderna products were approved, these pharmaceutical companies had failed to release most of the raw data from their experimental trials. In fact, they are still withholding much of it. However, now that more of it is available for review, a different picture has emerged. In the British Medical Journal, associate editor, Dr. Peter Doshi, had the opportunity to review the available data. And he pointed out the inconsistencies and the weaknesses of the pre-approval trials. He concluded that Rather than the widely publicized 95% effective rate, these so-called vaccines are at best only 19, that's one nine, 19% effective. At this low rate, they would have never been approved. There are still many unknowns about this experimental gene therapy. There is no indication that it saves any lives or prevents the spreading of the infection or you're contracting the infection which is why health bureaucrats continue to recommend masking and social distancing even after you've received these injections. Nobody has any idea about the long-term adverse effects of this experimental gene therapy. Yet, they are still plowing ahead with plans to inject this experimental gene therapy into the entire population. This experimental gene therapy will not eradicate the coronavirus that causes COVID-19 any more than the flu vaccine has eliminated the flu. COVID-19 is here to stay, even without this so-called vaccine.
Infections will slow as more people develop natural herd immunity. Why in the world would you risk all the known and unknown short-term and long-term side effects of an experimental gene therapy that was inadequately tested, rushed through the approval process at warp speed, and found to be much less effective, yet more dangerous than initially promised, and more dangerous than the COVID infection itself. I'm advising my family, my friends, and my guests here at the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center to just say no. No, I am not going to take this experimental gene therapy vaccine. COVID-19 infections pose uh, no significant health risk except to those that are infirm and elderly and those with severe pre-existing conditions, not unlike the flu or any other respiratory infection. Most individuals who contract COVID-19 have mild or moderate symptoms for a few days, similar to the flu, and the overall survival rate of those who are infected is 99.98%. It's very seldomly lethal, except in those that are infirm and elderly and have pre-existing health conditions. It has been demonstrated in studies around the world that the use of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine can safely prevent and treat the COVID-19 infection. Of course, it's important for you to strengthen your immune system with vitamin and mineral supplementation, healthy eating, natural hormone replenishment, treatment of allergies, exercise, and a good night's sleep and maintaining your ideal body weight. Aside from that, let's allow the, this virus to just run its course in society so that we can develop herd immunity, which is far safer and much more effective than this experimental gene therapy could ever be. The panic and mass hysteria created by government health bureaucrats, by the media and politicians is all about control, power, and money. I've written extensively about the ineffectiveness and dangers of wearing masks, of social distancing, of closing businesses, and lockdowns. We need to get back to work, back to school, and back to church. All right. Well, I hope you uh, enjoyed Dr. Hotze. Uh, I wanted to mention 12, uh, if I can get this in here. If we don't, I'll finish it afterwards. There, I found this list of 12 important questions and answers before considering getting the vaccine or getting vaccinated. So you heard the doctor talk, but listen to this. If I get vaccinated, these are questions. If I get vaccinated, can I stop wearing a mask? The government says no. If I get vaccinated, will the restaurants, bars, schools, fitness clubs, hair salons, et cetera, reopen? Will, will we be able to get back to work like normal? No. If I get vaccinated, will I be resistant to COVID? The government said maybe. We don't know exactly, but probably not. If I get vaccinated, at least I won't be contagious to others, right? The government says no. The vaccine doesn't stop transmission. If I get vaccinated, how long will the vaccination last? government no one really knows all covid vaccines are still in the experimental stage there was no animal stage folks if i get vaccinated can i stop social distancing the government says no if my parents grandparents and myself all get vaccinated can we hug each other again government said no 
So what's the benefit of getting vaccinated, government, hoping that the virus won't kill you? Are you sure the vaccine won't injure or kill me? Government says, no. It's statistically the virus won't kill me, like 99.8 survival rate. Why should I get the vaccination? The government says, protect others. So if I get vaccinated, I can protect 100% of the people I come into contact with? Government said, no. We'll be back in just a couple minutes, and uh, we'll do our... uh, second half or our fourth segment okay The Chinese Communist Party treated religious minorities uh, had been uh, horrible. When any individual, any faith or religion that is seen as non-conformative to its uh, absolute uh, control, it is uh, always regarded as a political threat. My name is Bob Fu. I'm uh, the founder and president of China Aid, an international Christian nonprofit organization with a mission to advance religious freedom for all and rule of law in China. My experience as a Christian in China was uh, both the persecution and revival. I became a Christian as a student leader in the Tiananmen Square moment in my university in 1989. And uh, later on, my wife and I were both imprisoned for being a Christian leader. The religious persecution in China had been extending to all the religious minorities. We're talking about the Protestant house churches. Over 100,000 were uh, imprisoned uh, in 2018 and 2019. The Catholic faith believers and the Tibetan Buddhist believers and certainly the Falun Gong had been subject for uh, tremendous uh, genocide. And of course, the the most well-known one is the persecution against uh, the Uyghur minorities in West uh, uh, Xinjiang. According to the Pentagon's uh, estimate, between one to three million of these uh, Uyghur minorities are uh, sent to the labor camp, which is uh, the modern version of concentration camps. They were really uh, subject for non-stop brainwashing persecution, including government-designed uh, special earphone. Basically, uh, they had to wear 24 hours, seven days a week. The government broadcast the brainwashed messages. So many even went crazy and many were tortured to death and uh, many uh, were transported uh, to other areas when the international community found this modern concentration camp. I would uh, really ask American people to intentionally know the truth and then to make a very clear stand um, on this issue. Are you, you know, aware that today's uh, communist China under President Xi is still a brutal, bushwick, hardcore communist regime? Or you just uh, try to water down 
I think we need to really have a deep soul searching.、Uh, why did this、uh, happen, and、uh, why have we been sleeping for so long? Based on my dealings with the White House, this Trump White House, and the State Department,、um, you know, I've been invited to the White House twice already. Met,、uh, you know, with his senior aide.、Uh, in to, at least,、uh, we have already, under his administration, successfully、uh, helped rescued、um, three, four different families, and、uh, we got a full、um, cooperation. And、uh, you know support,、uh, and、um, especially the one I just mentioned. Uh, uh, no other administration, even including other Republican president, you know President Bush was a very good friend. He was also compassionate on religious freedom, and President、uh, uh, Obama、uh, invited me also to the White House, and、uh, um, I couldn't imagine they would have the guts and、uh, really the courage. To make this kind of decision,、mm. you know, to involve the whole U.S. assets,、uh, um, uh, mm. um, you know, in another country to rescue a Chinese,、uh, you know, kind of desperate family out of the Chinese,、uh, you know, hands、mm. almost. I mean, the Chinese spies were surrounding the Thailand immigration prison. Almost a street fight with the U.S. Marines、uh, happened、uh, in early March、mm. of last year. So of course,、uh, you know, other、um, effort that I have been、um, collaborating and、uh, you know on the overall policy, I could see,、uh, you know, I think President Trump uh, is uh, sincere in this front,、mm. and、uh, because he doesn't need to, you know, do this、uh, mm. because no other president would dare to anger Thailand, anger China. You know, these are big、mm. deals, right? And、uh, of course.、Uh, The reason was not uh, publicly reported uh, uh, about these details I just、mm. mentioned. Of course, you know, again, some some details are still classified.、Mm. It was、uh, China was a big animal, big elephant in the、mm. room.、Um, but I think、uh, he has the guts and courage、mm. uh, to take this action, and I, I certainly feel he's a、uh, very、uh, unique and also. Uh, with the、um, sincere heart、uh, mm. and compassion to those persecuted, yeah. Atop a cold peak near California's capital, Governor Gavin Newsom was enjoying the peace and quiet he'd earned by taking away everything fun in the state. But then he heard something that made his blood run cold: singing. According to sources, every Christian in Cali. The tall and the small was singing without any permits at all. The governor hadn't stopped the Lord's Day from coming. It came somehow or other. It came just the same. What's this singing in my state? Newsom cried as he looked down at the small village of Hooville and heard the believers gathered there singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. I don't understand it. I don't. I took away all of their joy and their hope. I said not to sing. I said it. I did. I wasn't joking or pranking. I never kid. Then Newsom realized something with fear. He realized he couldn't stop Christians from worshiping here. Maybe churches were more important than concerts or bars. Maybe they were more than some worship with electric guitars. But then, his heart shrank three sizes. 
and he ordered the power to be cut in hopes that it would finally stop that infernal racket. Whenever the uh, liberals get in charge, they also talk, all, all, always start talking about reparations for black people. And uh, so th- this was written up by someone, and I thought it was a nice way to put it. It says, for 246 years, blacks were slaves in America. 155 years later, uh, 80%, in other words, for 246 years, they were slaves. 155 years after they weren't slaves anymore? of the blacks support the party that enslaved them. Now, think that through. The party that enslaved them now has the loyalty of the people that were slaves. And it was a party that the blacks pretty much oppose now that actually set them free. Interesting, isn't it? I just find it totally amazing. Uh, Let's see. I... I, uh, I need to do some perusing here to see where I want to go first. Uh, Oh, okay, this is interesting. I don't know whether you've ever been in contact with World Net Daily. World Net Daily, it was one of the first online newspapers in the country, and it was put together by a guy named Joseph or Joe Farah, F-A-R-R-A-H. And Joe Farah, uh, if you've lived around the Sacramento Valley long, Joe Farah showed up. And when the Sacramento Union turned around from just a, a funky newspaper, kind of a also-ran newspaper compared to the Sacramento Bee, the Sacramento Union all of a sudden became very conservative with some new ownership, and they hired this guy named Joseph Farah, who I believe he was a—oh, uh, I can't remember—Lebanese. Leb- I think Joe is a Lebanese uh, person of uh, heritage, uh, but he's a Christian guy and conservative guy, and he was the editor of the Sacramento Union, and it became so successful. People up here, I, in fact, I subscribed to it up here. It was a very good newspaper. And then uh, I believe the uh, oh the people that bought Fox News, uh, they bought it, and then they shut it down. And so Joe Farah, uh, the Murdochs, bought it, and then they shut it down. They just killed the newspaper because they're liberals. And so Joe Farrell went on to start World Net Daily. Now, if you do, it's WND.com, WN, like in net.com, uh, WND.com. So they also have a magazine that I, I used to, I just quit subscribing for some reason. I'm, I'm not sure. I think probably I should resubscribe to it just to support them. It's a very, they have very good writers, worldnetdaily.com. But the, the name of the magazine is Whistleblower. And the Feb, February issue of Whistleblower has the picture of a teen girl, a redhead girl with glasses on. She has a black face mask on, and it says, I can't breathe on it. And then the title of the issue is Brainwashing America's Next Generation. 
Now, if you, a lot of people say, Lou, I don't know what's going on. I can't, I'm so confused. I said, turn off the TV and then you need to find some really good news sources. So one of them is worldnetdaily.com and, uh, and then, uh, and get, get the whistleblower, um, the whistleblower and subscribe to it for 12 issues. It says, uh, well, I can't even find it now. Uh, I'll find it in a minute, but. The highlights of the issue of Whistleblower, check this out. This is well worth the price of the whole magazine, and it comes out every month. So here are some articles. 2 plus 2 equals 5. Orwell's 1984 is here. Uh, professor Carol Swain, she's a black professor, says the left is targeting K-12 through after destroying higher education. Um, uh, talking about the 1776 commission that President Trump started. Uh, Trump's 1776 commission promoting patriotic education killed on day one by Biden. Another one, I'm a former teacher. Here's how your children are getting indoctrinated by leftist ideology by Doug Bear. Blair. Eating while black, New York Times admits elite college scapegoated janitors in race hoax. Another one, officials appeased student who claimed she was profiled by Art Moore. Another one, Oregon, Oregon promotes dismantling racism in math instruction, is expecting the right answer, uh, a, a characteristic of white. In other words, if you expect to be graded on right answers, that's white supremacy. School district launches, uh, this another article, school district launches anti-racism training after rope swing mistaken for noose, cites any remain, reminder of the history of lynching, and the abuses and murders of black people. Another one, reparations don't buy justice, dignity, or freedom by Star Parker. Star Parker is a is a recovered welfare babe, black lady, and uh, in which the black conservative and former welfare queen offers lessons from her own life. Another one, serious revolt against Marxist doctrine on campus, new push for image of God by Bob Unruh. Another one, school district warns teachers of spirit murder of blacks. Training sessions contend the United States of America is inherently racist. Anyway, there's a lot of great articles. It's only about half of, of what they have listed here. And uh, so I just want to encourage you. Uh, I'm trying to look for a price here. The editor is a very good writer named David Kupalian. K-U-P-E-L-I-A-N. He's written a number of great books. He's a very clear writer. And uh, here we go. Special offer for limited time. Subscribe to Whistleblower. That's the magazine. Uh, pay only, uh, let's see, subscribe to Whistleblower. Renew or give a gift subscription, and you'll get $10 off the already discounted right. Pay only thirty nine ninety five. So um, instead of the usual forty nine ninety five plus, you'll get a very special free gift, and the and the art the uh, book is No Campus for White Men by Scott Greer, and uh, so that's awesome. So anyway, I encourage you if you have if you want to support a good cause like saving the country, why don't it's not like saving the bluebirds, it's saving the whole cotton picking country. Uh, get a subscription to whistleblower. See if you don't like it. It's going to blow your mind. You're going to hear stuff every month. Uh, it'll be a month's worth of reading. Very to the point, great reading, not heavy plowing. It's, it's easy reading and it's going to shock you and you need to get, get a clue. 
Yeah, you can't act. Like somebody said, called me the other day because they didn't see my articles in the territorial. I said, Lou, I can't believe it. What happened to you? Where, where are you? you? You're the only guy that said this, that, and the other thing. What can we do? So this is what I'd say to them. Get a copy of Whistleblower. Get get sources that are giving you solid rock information that you know what's going on and so you can take a stand, okay? So Whistleblower. Uh and uh, World Net Daily. And I think I've been saying .com. I think that's it. I don't think it's WorldNetDaily.net. But uh, check it out and uh, get involved. They have great literature. Joe Farah is, is, is no fool. And David Kapalian is one of the sharpest writers there are out there. Very clear, great writer. Okay? So check that out. And uh, you'll do, do yourself good and help the country at the same time. All right. Now, oh, I wanted to go back, you know, and talk about these protests or these not even a protest, but just attending government meetings is very important. One is it it keeps uh, it keeps your representatives honest. And am I saying they're all dishonest? No, but they'll pull fast ones. And many times uh, they'll try to do something when people aren't in attendance. And so uh, there's some things that are coming up that people in our community, patriots, want to get accomplished. One of them is to create a Second Amendment county and uh, a constitutional county. But they want to get, we, if you'll notice, right in the midst of all this gun-taking and gun-grabbing and liberalization and open borders, there's all kinds of counties and states that are voting to get rid of the concealed weapon permit. Now, in most states... Uh, most states are not open carry. That means you just can't carry on your hip a gun in a holster or carry in your hand a rifle down the street. You have to have it somewhere in a car or something like that. Some states are open carry, so you can do that. California used to be that way when I was a youngster growing up here. You could, I could walk down as a teenager with a rifle right in my hand just down the street. No big deal. And uh, so then they then they made laws. They made one law after another law after another to what they call infringe on the Constitution. The Constitution says that the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. That means invalidated or violated. And so any if you have to ask permission in your life for anything, that is not a right. Right. That's a privilege. A privilege is something that somebody gives you out of the goodness of their heart. Now what's the right to pack an, uh, a firearm is now a privilege. The, if the sheriff doesn't want you to have that, he doesn't like you, he can just say, ah, I don't think I'm going to give you a concealed weapon permit. We're going to ask the sheriff to eliminate concealed weapon permits unless people want one if they're traveling, if they do a lot of traveling, and they go to another state that you need one, you need a concealed weapon permit. Sometimes they have a re- reciprocity agreement with another state so say say arizona or some other state may say hey we'll honor california concealed weapon permits if you can pack up here with a concealed weapon we'll accept you down here if you're traveling in our state you need to carry a gun but for people like me that i don't care about carrying a gun everywhere i go i want to i want to be able to carry a gun in my community without a concealed weapon permit right i'm not going to get one but what I want is the in, – in Idaho and Utah, I believe, have got this. They have – you can get one or you don't need one. 
right? So why would want anybody get one? I just told you. If you want to, you're traveling in other states, you're going to go into a, a state that, like I think in Utah or Idaho, wherever they just changed theirs, they have like 20 states that have reciprocity agreements where they'll honor their permit. So some people need that traveling permit to get through other states with no harassment. But in California, up in the North State, in Yuba, Sutter counties, we want to be able to pack legally with no permit. That's what we're going for. And the other thing we're going for is we're preparing to launch a militia in Yuba and Sutter counties, a state. It's a part of that. We're going to be a part of an organization, a state militia organization that has a commander. They're organized. They got their ducks in a row. You think, oh, you guys are going to be radical. You know, blah, blah, blah. no militias aren't radical. That's just propaganda you've been given over the years. Militias are patriotic and we are there. We are here to be vigilant about government tyranny. That's why we're sending people. We got the, the government meetings back open in three out of four of the spots. And now people are going there every, every time they have a meeting, which most of the time it's every two weeks. And they're, they're either bringing something before the board and, and, that's on the agenda and they're they're talking about it or they're bringing another issue before the board or they're just sitting there and watching and monitoring the situation just like the air force motto in god we trust all others we we monitor just like the city council and the supervisors so the other thing we want to do is throw off all we want the different jurisdictions to say we're done with all covid rules no masks take the x's off the floor in other words, you know, it's really up to the business to take the excess off the floor, but the government can just say, we see, we are not mandating masks. We are not mandating social distancing. I, I went to eat, eat at Lumberjacks. I've been there a couple of times this week meeting with people. For goodness sakes, the guy, nice guy, took my money, paid. Instead of a mask, he has a shield that literally is an inch and a half off his nose and face doesn't cover his whole face. And he thinks, is anybody saying that that a virus is, is going to not go around that, that shield. It's just so much total nonsense people. So but the, what we're going to ask the supervisors and the city council to do is make a statement and say, we're done with masks. We're not mandating that you do that. We're not mandating that you uh, so isolate yourself like, uh, lockdown, which is a prison term, lockdown, no, no volunteer lockdowns, uh, no shut down your business. Everybody can be open. We're, no, we're not going to hassle anybody. We're sorry we even bothered you. None of this was, none of this worked. It was all a fraud. Uh, COVID was an illness just like we've had years and years and years. Every year we have illnesses. People get sick, people get well. People get sick, people get well. It's a part of life, right? You drink water, you pee water. You drink water, you pee water. Get over it, right? We're not having a national crisis because you got to take a pee. So we want to throw off the COVID rules. We want to fire Dr. Lou. I wrote about it. You can look at the article on my Live with Lou Facebook site. We want to fire Dr. Lou, L-U-U. And we're going to be preparing petitions for, for residents of Yuba and Sutter counties to sign they don't have to be they don't have to be a registered voters. They don't even have to be 18 years of age. If you don't want Dr. Lou, if you think Dr. Lou has caused people to die unnecessarily, people to lose their business unnecessarily, to ignore her health mandate, which is to stop 
uh, communicable diseases like syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, etc., etc., to get a hold on the illegal drug trade. Those are all mandates in the state of California code for health officers. I read it myself. We need to fire Dr. Lou. We're preparing a petition. We'll start circulating it probably within about a week from today. And uh, we'll prepare them a week from today and have them ready for that weekend, not this coming weekend, not this weekend when this broadcast happens, but the next weekend we're going to start rolling out that we're going to try to get a minimum of a thousand signatures to begin with right away and submit those to the board of supervisors asking for them to get rid of Dr. Lou. She has been destructive to the county physically, emotionally, and economically destructive to the county. Now, it's interesting. She works for the Board of Supervisors, but they acted like they work for her. So who is ever going to take responsibility for this mess that's been created in Yuba Sutter counties? Are the supervisors ever going to take it? Or are they going to point at her? Is she going to turn around and say, I work for them? She's going to point at them. They're going to point at her. Then they're all going to point up to Gavin Newsom. That doesn't work for me. We are not supposed to be under a dictatorship or a lordship. We are not serfs. We are not servants. Before the state of California existed, Marysville existed. Towns existed. Villages villages existed. People organized into cities and counties to protect their, uh, to protect uh, themselves, their safety and their possessions. The only reason that many, many cities and counties decided let's have ourselves a state is, again, security and protection. It was not to be ruled over. It was not to be manipulated by cash. I'm not going to give you any of the tax money unless you do what I tell you. That is tyranny, people. Can't you see it? Oh, the supervisor said all the Well, if we don't do this, they act like prostitutes. If we don't do this, we won't get any money from Gavin Newsom. That's supposed to. It's supposed to come here anyway from the federal government. It's, so it goes through the state and down the county. So he holds up money. He plays games with money unless he controls you. He's a control freak, right? It's like manipulating your spouse. That's what he does. He's he's a sex addict, and he 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 screwed. He was screwing a staff member's wife. I mean, the guy is a nutcase. And so we do not have to live under the tyranny of a governor who is manipulate. If my feeling is, if we got to obey everything Gavin Newsom comes up with, we don't need supervisors. The Yuba County supervisors are making about a half million dollars total between the five of them, about a half million dollars a year. We can eliminate the board of supervisors, just eliminate them and save a half million dollars a year. We could put that into law enforcement. We could put that into firefighting. We could put that into repairing our roads and get rid of them. If all we're going to do is do what Gavin Newsom wants, we don't need the supervisors. We have Kevin Mallon, who's running the county. We have department heads. Let's just give an, get rid of all those elected officials, and we'll just go straight with the governor and just do whatever he says. I don't want that. I want boards of supervisors to protect me, to stop and say to the state, Thanks, but no thanks. You keep your money. We're going to keep our freedom. You want to do something with guns? It stops at our border. This border, we have a constitutional sheriff. We're going to handle our guns the way we want to handle them. We're going to handle illegal aliens the way we want to handle them. You go about your business. It's the same way that John D'Agostino in Colorado County, he's a sheriff over there. When Biden and Obama were going to start doing a gun grab, he sent them a letter and he says, Uh, You know, I don't have any control on what you boys do back there on the East Coast, 
But he said, I'm telling you right now, nobody's coming into El Dorado County and messing with my guns. In fact, he took the guns away from the National Park Rangers who were jerking the citizens of El Dorado County around. Now, that's a constitutional sheriff, and that is the protection of the people. That's why they're elected. They are. They can arrest the president of the United States. They can arrest Governor Newsom. They can arrest an assemblyman, right? Like Brandon Barnes can arrest James Gallagher, who's an assemblyman. You think, oh, well, James, is he's more powerful than the sheriff. No, 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 no. That's not the way the system works. That's not the way the government works. A constitutional sheriff, Brandon Barnes and, and Wendell Anderson in Yuba County, they have the right if they need to exercise it. Now, in, uh, Glad Tidings just announced they're going to have a— Northern California Constitutional Sheriff's uh, Conference at Glad Tidings, and they're going to bring in speakers from around the United States to in, to uh, educate both police and sheriff's deputies about the Constitution and how it applies to their job and what the power of the sheriff is. Uh, we're done with um, our fourth segment, so we'll be right back. I'm going to take a swig here and uh, listen to these clips. I think you'll like them. I did. Give up my gun when everybody else does. And is that Doesn't your... that make sense? Well, doesn't that make sense? I mean, if you were, to, if if there were guns here, would you be want to be the only person without one? So, you, so, so do you carry guns? Not routinely. At home? I mean, you have gun. You have a gun at home? Yeah, it's legal in the United States. It's part of our constitution. You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny. Not to hunt. To hunt. Does an American citizen have a constitutional right to own a gun? Here's what the Second Amendment says. A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. Now, it once seemed to me like that language only protected state militias and not individuals. Indeed, this is the view held by the four dissenting Supreme Court justices in the 2008 case of District of Columbia versus Heller, a landmark case dealing with gun ownership. But the more research I did, the more I came to realize that my initial view was mistaken and that the founders were in fact securing an individual right. The five justices who voted to affirm the right to own a gun in DC versus Heller had indeed made the correct decision. Let's look at the amendment one more time. A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. We first need to focus on the phrase, the right of the people. Note that the people are the only ones whose right is secured here, not the militia or a state government. This phrase, the right of the people, comes up a few times in the Constitution. For example, the First Amendment refers to the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government. And the Fourth Amendment secures the right of the people to be secure against unreasonable searches and seizures. Why then, if the authors of the Constitution felt so strongly about the right of the people to own guns, did they include language about a well-regulated militia? These opening words of the amendment might be called a justification clause. Such clauses are used to help explain why a right is being secured. 
but it's the operative clause that explains what right is being secured. In this case, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. And what was the word militia understood to mean at the time? Well, the Militia Act of 1792 defined militia to mean all white males 18 to 45. Today, of course, militia would include women and people of all races, but it was clearly not a reference to a small National Guard-type group. And what about the part of the amendment that says a militia is necessary to the security of a free state? What the opponents of personal gun ownership ask, does a personal right of gun ownership have to do with that? Again, historical context is key. In the 1790s, the phrase free state wasn't used to mean an individual state like New York or Rhode Island. Rather, it meant what we'd call today a free country, a nation free of despotism. A free state is what the framers wanted America to be. They saw an armed citizenry as in part a hedge against tyranny. Citizens who own weapons can protect themselves, prevent tyrants from seizing power, and protect the nation from foreign enemies. This does not mean, though, that this right is unlimited. Free speech, for example, has long been subject to some narrow and reasonable regulations. But severe restrictions on owning a gun, like severe restrictions on free speech, would violate the Second Amendment as the founders understood it. Maybe you think this understanding of the Second Amendment is outdated today, that the Constitution needs to change as public attitudes change. The founders included a provision for doing just that. If the public attitude really has changed, the Constitution can be amended to reflect that change. But ironically, even if we focus on current public attitudes, the case for individual gun ownership is as strong as ever. Polls consistently show that over two-thirds of Americans believe that the Second Amendment secures the right of citizens to own a gun. And Congress and state governments have repeatedly reaffirmed this view, including in recent decades. So, does the Second Amendment secure an individual right to bear arms? It did when it was written, it has throughout American history, and it does today. I'm Eugene Volokh, professor of law at UCLA for Prager University. So I go to the bathroom in the airport. What, what is the story on the sinks in airport bathrooms that they will not give us a twisted on, twisted off human style faucet? Is that too risky for the general population? Too dangerous. We better install the one-handed, spring-loaded, pain-in-the-ass Alcatraz-style faucets. You know those ones where you gotta go, hey, boy, I got a little water there. Oh, another couple drops. What is it that they think we would do with a faucet? Turn them all on full, run out into the parking lot, laughing, pushing each other into the bushes? Come on, the water's on, let's go! I turned it on full black. You idiot, we're businessmen. We're gonna miss our plane. Who cares? Water! That's how they think we'll behave. Okay, so once again, there's there's some number of issues if you're going to any of these supervisors meetings, the city council meetings. So we're going to ask them to, to talk about creating a home rule resolution and uh, and having an independent county 
that in other words, it just says it doesn't say we're going to disobey everything you guys want us to do. It's saying if there are things that you want us to do that we don't agree with, we have a right to not do it. That's the way it always should have been. That's the way it should was at the beginning. But we've lost our way. So the home rule is an issue. Second Amendment. CCW is an issue. Throwing off the covid rules is an issue and firing Dr. Lou is an issue. OK, so I'm going to I'm going to move on and I want to talk for a second uh, about some of the people that are helping me and thank them. Uh, so in the last couple months, both um, Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security and Dave Greenitz with Dave Greenitz Construction sent me checks to help carry the load here and make this podcast uh, still available to everybody. They're not paying me a salary. I, I'm independently wealthy. That means it doesn't mean I have a lot of money. It's just I have enough. I'm totally cool. Don't I don't lay awake at night. I never lose sleep. I've always paid all my bills. I just don't spend stupid. And um, so these guys have said, hey, if you'll, if you'll do this podcast or if you'll do the radio show, if that ever comes up again, we'll help you. And so I want to thank them. Uh, Monty, <clears throat> in fact, I just, as I mentioned earlier, I referred a guy over there. He was trying to get a CCW update and uh, in case they start making it more difficult. So, uh, so Elite Universal Security is run by Monty Hecker here in Yuba County, but they operate all over the North State. So you may be listening from another county in the North State. That's north of Sacramento or around Sacramento North, all the way up to Oregon border. And I think he even goes over the border a tad. So, uh, but you can check with him and you can call him at 530-749-0280 if you need a job or if you got some property. Maybe you don't even live in California, but you have property here and you need somebody to check on it every once in a while. Or you need somebody to, maybe somebody is messing with it and you need a, a plan to secure that property. And with technology nowadays, it's just shocking to me how cool technology is and how easy it is to keep a track of your property now compared to the old days. So you can call Monty, 530-749-0280, or you could look up on his website, Elite Universal Security, and uh, if you need some help. Uh, so they're located, again, they're located all over. So if you're in Butte County or Shasta County or some of these other counties and you want a job working in the guard business, say you just retired and you thought, man, retirement's kicking my rear and I, I, I'm bored to death. So if you want to maybe um, a few days a week or a half day work a job, uh, you can hook up with Monty Hecker and he'll, he's looking for just solid, reliable, honest uh, people with a good background. And he wants to hire you. They are hiring all the time. They even have dispatchers, they have bookkeepers, all those kind of things. Also, they will train you at API Academy. So you can go on api-academy.com. That's their schooling arm. And you can check that out. They also do, as I mentioned earlier, the CCW permit. So check it out. The other, the other guy I was mentioning is my long-term friend, uh, Dave Greenitz. In fact, I he he I was just talking to him at church the other night. They're getting ready to do the choices. In fact, there's an ad in this uh, today on the um, the podcast about choices. And he and his wife are working on that, and Dave does the sets, does the building of the sets, and they paint the sets and, and the props and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so they're just working, getting that going, and I'm not going to say any more about choices because they pitched it themselves on a one-minute clip. But I want to say 
that if you want to if you want to really see some amazing stuff you're thinking about doing a remodel um in fact my neighbors just remodeled their house and put a new roof on it and cleaned it up they moved down from rockland they had a rental down here moved into the rental sold the rockland place and they said however the election goes i didn't i don't i didn't ask details i think they're trumpers but uh however the election goes is going to determine whether they're going to stay in california so when trump lost they sold they're selling their house they fixed it up and which made the whole community better because they fixed their house up now they're selling it and they're moving to eagle idaho and uh, lots of people moving to idaho or moving somewhere so uh but the cool thing is <clears throat> you can take your house and you can throw a new bathroom in there and redo the bathroom or redo the kitchen or living area and multiple use area and just make it like a brand new house and that's been the specialty of dave granite's construction for 40 years and uh he now there's no one comparable. I mean, there's great, good, there's good craftsmen around, but if you want to have a team come in and all the subs that are aces and just knock out, come up with a design, knock out the design quickly and on time, no fuss, no muss, no surprises. Uh, these guys got it. They got it going on. They got a smooth system going. And uh, so if you're interested and you're nervous because you're a millennial or, you know, you're one of these people that you can text, but you can't talk, uh, you can you can look up at Greenets Construction, G-R-E-E-N, the color with E-T-Z on the end, GreenettsConstruction.com, and you can check out what he's done before and after. You don't even have to take my word for it. Or you could go to his Facebook page at Dave Greenets Construction. Check it out, and you can see the before and after, and, and you could even like that or follow that Facebook page, and he will actually, when he posts his before and after of the newest jobs, if you're like, you know, you're brainstorming with your spouse about this new project and you can you'll see the fresh the new fresh photos come up they're pretty cool i i, I enjoy every time i always go wow how, that's awesome and you can check it out and then if you want to email him you or text him or however you want to do it you can reach out to him ask questions off those uh, social media sites if you want if you're old school and you think you can handle it an actual conversation on the phone without wetting your pants you can call 530-682 9602 that's 5306829602 now have your powder dry when you call him because he's liable to answer the phone most contractors don't answer their own phone or you get voicemail dave you get if you get voicemail he's going to be back to you within an hour or two uh or right away he's just on the other line but you're going to get the big dog you're not going to get a secretary over there okay so and the third guys since I'm on it is a plumbing doctor and that's my friend Ted Holmes who you know he and I met when the dino there were a few dinosaurs still living in the lower Sierra Nevada foothills when he and I met. So uh he is a great guy. We we've, we've done projects together all over the world and uh construction projects helping orphans and we built you know he built a Congolese hospital rebuilt it after a volcano washed it out, knocked it out, lit it up. And uh, it was a training hospital for Congolese uh, docs. It teaching them, teaching them how to do surgery. They rebuilt that thing. They've been down in Mexico. They've been Honduras. They've been all England. They've been Kenya. All over the place. Unbelievable. Papua New Guinea. And but he's he runs the plumbing doctor. After I told you all that, it just sounds so mundane. Doing some planet plumbing plumbing doctor and he can solve your plumbing problems his number is five three zero six seven one 
530-671-9111. Again, 530-671-9111. He also, if you're looking for a job, a few weeks ago he called me looking for people to work for his uh, floor operation. They they removed the existing floor covering, so it could be tile, it could be all kinds of things you do it attached to concrete concrete floor so they just go in click pull that up and polish the concrete and get it ready for the next whatever's going to go there so if you're looking for a job all these people i got some of my doper friends they come by here wanting a handout or spun or they got you can see they got the dope on board and i just say dude you need to just get a job that's what i i suggest get a job and you can get one cleaning up stuff with ted holmes at uh you can call him at the plumbing doctor six seven one nine one 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 and just said i don't need my toilet fixed i need a job and i want to work for the liftoff floor people okay so those are some guys that make it happen for me uh this costs a little bit of money to do i'm not begging for money if you want to help uh somebody said lou how can i help you i ran into a guy and his wife she she was actually in the vietnam war I met him, and uh, she was a clerical person in the military and was stationed in Saigon back in the day, back in the late 60s. And they live here in Yuba City, and we, we got together and met. And uh, anyway, um, I forget what I was going to tell you about that now, but it, I'll, it'll come back to me, and I'll tell you in a second. Uh, all right, so um, I want to see since we're getting on the short end of the show i'm going to pick up the high points oh by the way you know i you know john Kerry that ran for president he he he's the guy that that uh, always proclaimed he was uh in cambodia and he was fighting for the military he was a he's he's a criminal is what he is he's got some money because he married rich women after their husbands died who made all this money like heinz and all those people then he married in, cashed in. He's got homes all over. He's got jets. He's got yachts. And he's so, such a cheap guy. Uh, you know, he talks about he wants you to pay taxes, but he stashes his yachts in states where they don't have the same taxes where he lives. And uh, just, you know, he's just a he's just a criminal, right? He's a, he's a hypocrite. He's a loser. And so uh, there's a picture I saw of him in a, an American Airlines. You know, I most— I've had my friends thrown off American uh, off Southwest Air. I'm I'm waiting till they remove the the mask thing to fly again. I got all f- kinds of free flights of those people. If they'd cash me out, I'd take the money and never fly with them again. They wanted to throw me off a plane. I was over teaching trauma intervention people in Boise, and then they threw other people off planes. And now, uh, you know, some of these other deltas throwing people off. They're just rude. They rest in people. So there's a picture of of. Uh, of John Kerry sitting reading a book in first class of American Airlines with no mask on. It, the mask is draped from one ear. You know how people undo the mask? They put it on, they take it off, they put it on, they take it off, they put it on, they take it off, and then you're not supposed to ever touch it because it's so toxic, right? But then they let you throw it in the gutter and the garbage and just go into the re- regular dump. You know, there's so many lies at this. It just, you know, you just get tired of talking about it. Uh, but anyway, he's he's sitting there, and so one of the other people in first class was so pissed off at John Kerry because of his he nothing applies to him. You know, he wants you to ride in a train, but he flies all around the world in his private jets, right? And with a big carbon footprint, but you got to have a tiny, tiny carbon footprint so he can have a big carbon footprint because he's going to save the world with Bill Gates. So anyway, he's sitting there, and and. Uh, 
He's reading a book in first class while letting his mask dangle from his ear. And and people just, he, you know, he didn't care. He said, screw you. That's his attitude. Uh, <clears throat> so this person said in a statement to Fox News, the passenger next to, <laughs> across the aisle from Kerry that took the photo, who wished to remain anonymous, right, said that the president's climate convoy, uh, it should be envoy, not convoy, envoy was wearing his mask at the boarding gate only to ditch it after he got on the plane before other passengers now my friend dave bryan didn't even take his mask off and they threw him off because they didn't like the way he was wearing it it's like going in and think i don't like the way you're wearing your pants or hanging off your butt you're off right so this guy says i salute our very special this is the customer airlines customer he took a photo of the envoy. I salute our very special presidential envoy for climate for not flying private. But instead of flying first class commercial with the rest of us common folk, folk, said the passenger, adding, and while he can't bring himself to follow his own party's mask restrictions, we should cut him some slack, I guess. Being an elite hypocrite is hard work, said the passenger that took the photo. When asked to clarify their mask policy, American Airlines tweeted that masks are required on board our aircraft, and we are looking into this. Now, here's the hypocrisy. So I was the only guy in the Las Vegas airport. I'm, I'm serious. There, I couldn't find anybody in the entire Las Vegas airport. I was on my way flying from Boise to Las Vegas to Sacramento. I was the only guy without a mask in the entire terminal. I got on the plane. They fought me. I didn't wear a mask. I got all the way down. Finally, the head of all the people on the plane that was the the flight attendants came and sat down next to me. I said, hey, I can't breathe with that thing. She said, I really, I, I'm paraphrasing. I really don't, what she really meant to say was, if she wanted to be honest and not politically correct, is I don't give a damn whether you, you drop dead on this Southwest or not. We will get your body to the end of the line. But if you're going to fly this airline, you're going to get that mask on, dude. So then the pilot, this is when it really gets scary. When you have a guy that is responsible to fly that airplane and get us there safely, nine times out of nine times, right? And he comes on the air and said, it is a state law in Nevada and a state law in California, you have to wear a mask on our airplanes. That sucker is just a damn liar. That's what that dude is. Now they've kicked it up to a whole nother. Instead of saying, this is a company policy for now on until further notice at Southwest. Therefore, if you want to ride Southwest, you wear a mask or get off the plane. Now, I think businesses have a right to say that in this country. You can, you can, I think you should be able to say, I'm serving blacks only, Right. I mean, there's BET awards. If I wanted to get into BET awards, they would not allow me to compete at the BET awards. Why? Because they are black awards, right? So I think I have a right to have a, a store and say, I only want to deal with goth people, or I, want, I only want to deal with drug addicts. Straight people, screw you, right? I think Southwest Airlines has a right to say, if you're going to, come on here you need to wear a condom on our plane or you need to put a suppository in your rear end a southwest suppository they have a right to do that and you have a right to not fly them right but to say that it's the state law to have a pilot say i wish i would have recorded it to have the pilot say i would play that on the radio constantly the pilot saying this is southwest pilot da, 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 da. 
And we are, uh, it's a state law. And the only reason they said that was me, because everybody else in that plane was happy to wear a mask. Unbelievable. The passenger said about Kerry, being an elite hypocrite is hard work. In January, it says the CDC issued a mandate which kicked in last month requiring individuals to wear masks that cover both the mouth and the nose. So much BS, people. These people should be jack-slapped. Do you realize that it probably took this crisis for you to realize that the World Health Organization, who... And the CDC, none of those, the Centers for Disease Control, are they are not government, American government organizations. They are totally independent, and we fund them, for God's sake. Crazy. It's crazy. These people are nuts, the CDC. They're communists. They cover both the mouth and the nose while taking public transportation. Like, for instance, remember when they said you got to go and you got to take your belt off, you got to take your shirt off, you got to stand in a spin-around uh, x-ray machine that shows your junk you remember that and we went for it because some guys flew into a tower those i'm telling you if we stop doing that uh homeland security check going on these airlines they're going to blow up anymore they're not going to blow up it's not going to cause people to blow up more planes or take more planes there's other ways to, to get at this we stand in all these first line, second line, third line. Oh, we want to take take out your computer, take out your shampoo. It's BS, people. It's total BS. And all this mass thing is says we now have mandated. It's all doc, it. it uh, you have to cover them while you're taking any public transportation. Screw you, people. It's ridiculous. And so many of my friends who normally don't wear any mask. They put a mask on because they don't want to get thrown off the flight because they've been thrown off. Even if they don't, one black guy that's just doing videography for Chris Ann Hall, the constitutional attorney, she has it on video. This black guy, he's sitting there with his mask on and it says uh, blacks for Trump or something like that across there, Trump, Trump 2020. And then he's got a cap that says something about blacks. He's their videographer. He's employed by them. He's sitting there. And he's just moving his mask if he wants to take a bite of this snacks he had. And they came in and threw him off the flight because they thought he was playing around with his mask too much. Threw him off. So his, so her husband, Chris Ann's husband, JC, had to get off and get another flight for him and him to get to the next destination. It's incredible what's going on. It's fascism. It's criminal. And, and we need to screw these, these corporations that are doing it. We need to rip them off and cause them pain. To do that, they have a right. I, I'm, I, I want freedom. I, if they want to tell me they're only going to fly pink-haired people on Mondays, and I got to fly on Monday and I don't have pink hair, I can have it. I can put on a wig, right? If I really want to fly with them, or I can fly with Brand X and do something different. But this is ridiculous. What's going on? And uh, and the masks don't do anything. It's all social compliance. It's communism. It's just like in in in. Uh, in East communist countries, they do similar things. It's all social control people. And you're either going to make a stand and we're going to win, or you're going to sit and just comply and you're going to whine about it. And you better get over it because it's going it's coming and you're either going to win or you're not. That's why we're standing up at these board of supervisors and city council meetings and said, we don't like what you're doing. How about that? We don't like this. 
We don't like your, your plans. We don't like your policies. We need to make a change. And if you don't go along with us, since we're your bosses, we will work to remove you. How about that? It's all fair. No personal. It's not personal. We just need things to go our way. Be right back. What's this about rules for pa's and sons? This first. Hmm. The 75 cent rule. The 75 cent rule. I don't, uh, I don't believe I ever heard of that one. Well, and that's what I figured. Hmm. What it is, pa, is that nowadays kids get 75 cents a week allowance instead of 25 cents. 75 cents? That's a lot of money. And in a year's time, I'd come to see this. 52 weeks in a year. It comes to around $40 a year. <laughs> That's an awful lot of money for a young. They get it, Pa. They do, huh? And they don't have to work for it like I do. Hmm. Well, who is this, uh, this they you keep talking about? Oh, Arnold Winkler and everybody. Arnold Winkler. I don't believe I know him, do I? They're new from Raleigh. Oh, I see. And, and the Raleigh rules say, uh, say 75 cents and no work, huh? I guess. You want it straight, don't you? Mm-hmm. Okay, here it goes. There are no rules for pa's and sons. Uh, it's as simple as this. Each, uh, each mother or father raises his boy or girl, as the case may be, the way that uh, he thinks is best. And I think it's best for you to give a quarter and work for it. You see, when you give something, in this instance, clean the garage, and you get something in return, like a quarter, well, that's the greatest feeling in the world. You do feel good after working, don't you? Uh-huh. Good and tired. <laughs> well, as, uh, as you get bigger, well, you'll be doing more and more work for more and more return, and that good feeling will get bigger. Do you understand what I mean? I think so. Good. I'm not going to get the 75 cents. <laughs> and I have to work for the 25. Right. All clear to you? Yeah. The bigger you get, the tireder you get. <laughs> well, uh, you just you just think about that for a while. Do I have to? Don't you want to think about it? It makes me kind of sad. <laughs> well, the thing to do when you're feeling sad is to shoot for the good feeling. Clean the garage. Right. It's long ball. Why uh, do you, have you said your "I'm not a role model" commercial is the greatest thing you've because ever done? Because it started in your life? to debate. Because uh, if you go back and look when it happened, it, it comes up all the time, too, when the term role model comes up. It started a national debate. Just because I dunk a basketball doesn't mean I should raise your kids. Let me tell you something. When I went to Nike with this commercial, they was like, this is going to be huge. I said, that's why I want to do the commercial. 95%, 95% of the letters Nike got, the 76ers got, Love the commercial. Yeah. How, how did the reaction and response you got compared to what you were expecting? I actually thought it would be like 80-20, to be honest with you. 80-80 positive? positive? Okay. Yes. Because, listen, I knew the parents. The parents, because, first of all, I, 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 it became a joke. I said, I'm the only guy in the world who ever got bad hate mail 
for telling kids to listen to their parents. In the beginning, I said, just because I could dock a basketball and drill a basketball, I shouldn't raise your kids. Uh, but at the end, I said, parents are role models. Because, you know, I do this little science experiment, uh, Graham, when I speak at schools. Like, let's say I'm at a white school. I said, how many of your kids want to play pro sports? Less than 10% raised their hand. I said, what do you want to do? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an engineer. But when I go speak at predominantly black schools, 90% of the kids want to play sports. 90%. There's a couple like, I want to be a doctor, which makes me really proud. But 90% of kids, when I speak at black schools, they, our kids are brainwashed to think they can only play sports and be entertainers. You got a better chance of being a doctor and a lawyer than playing in the NBA. I tell you, that's, that's 400 players in the NBA. What are the chances you're going to be one of the 400 best players in the world? That's, it, it, like I say, and I'm not trying to bash their dreams. I wish everybody could do it. But you have to so also be realistic. You're not going to play in the NBA. Who are we kidding? Right, uh, welcome back. Uh, final segment. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, we're at six. So I want to talk a little bit about China and the Uyghurs. The Uyghurs are a uh, ethnic group in China. Uh, they used to be <coughs> up in, in areas that China took over, militarily took over. Like they always blame the United States of taking over other countries and keeping them. That would be communism, folks. And so they took over countries like Mongolia in countries up in what they call northern China, and the Uyghur people are primarily Muslim people, and they uh, they are living as part of, they don't look Chinese, uh, and they uh, don't like to be a part of China, and uh, the Chinese know that. So they monitor the Uyghurs. They do social, they, they monitor them with videos up and down the streets. They're, they're watching them. They... They have a, not only a financial credit score, but a social credit score. Uh, there's been some terrorism support, supposedly uh, done by the, the Uyghurs. If they catch them, they just shoot them. They don't give them a trial. So there, there has been reported that up to a million people that have been taken off the streets, uh, Uyghur people. Now the, the, the ex estimates by human rights organizations that over 2 million Uyghurs, you, you uh, spell that if you, you wonder how 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 do you say that? It's U Y and it's pronounced we we U Y G H U R S Uyghurs, and they uh, so I've I've been in uh, Kun when I was in Kunming uh, with a missionary up there. <clears throat> we were doing a road trip the, through the Yunnan province uh, and and meeting up with various Hmong people. Uh, the um, missionary took me to a Muslim uh, soup shop, and I don't know whether it's Uyghurs or not, but they were Muslim. So there's there's a number of uh, there's hundreds of thousands of Muslims up in North China, and and Chinese don't like them, but they're there, and uh, and so but they're killing them, and they've killed two million of them. And when they kill them, before they kill them, they line up the DNA match, and they they part out their body, so they give away their heart, their lungs, their uh, kidneys, their livers all that kind of stuff and uh, 
to people that are desperate and will pay lots of money. So maybe, you know, like we butcher a steer and uh, and sell sell the parts, right, all the beef at the butcher shop. They just part out people, and they people are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars for their parts, right? And so uh, that's what's going on, and there's 2 million Uyghurs that they think um, – have been eradicated. Now, the other people that are eradicate, eradicating are their own Chinese people. They're actually Chinese ethnic group that have a spiritual belief called, it's a spiritual movement called the Falun Gong, Falun Gong, uh, F-A-L-O-N-G-O-N-G. And there was a movement that started in the 90s. And when I was up in China, you'd see them out in the parks going through their like Tai Chi movements. And, and uh, they did meditation. They did prayer. It was kind of yoga stuff, kind of this combination of things. And millions of it, 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 like, it was like took off like a fire. And the, the Chinese became very nervous about it and began uh, confronting them and saying, you can't do this. They went ahead and did it. They incarcerated them. So m- millions of Falun Gong have been housed in, in concentration camps, internment camps. The reason I'm telling you this is China is taking over the United States of America. Just because you don't have a clue about that doesn't mean it, it means two things. One, you're clueless. And two, you're stupid. And two, uh, they are doing it without your knowledge. One is... They're setting up politicians. They're sending prostitutes in. They're paying them off. They're having sex with prostitutes, and then they'll take films of them, and they'll say, listen, you either do what we tell you or we're going to out you. They've got control of the NBA. They're even mocking the NBA by saying that homosexuality is a mental illness, and the NBA doesn't even say anything about it, even though some of their players are homosexuals, right? And they're Why? Because they got them by the short hairs in China, they got the NBA by the short hairs because they're giving them billions of dollars, right? And so these NBA players are throwing their fellow NBA players that happen to want to have sex with somebody of the same sex. Now, they're uh, one day, they're all pro-LBGTXYMOMG. They're all pro that. They're all for that. Then when the Chinese say it's mental illness, they keep their mouth shut. Why? Because they want the money. Right. So then you then then these same people criticize a prostitute for going out there and selling her body because uh, for money. You know, so it just be, it's like, hey, you're if you're a hooker, you're 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 a pimp, you're a pimp. If you're a prostitute, you're a prostitute. So what they're doing is. They're controlling our politicians because they have something on them. They know they're cheaters. They know they're crook. They know they've been having sex with little children. They, they're molesters. And so they say, you do what we do. They're from China. They're saying, you either do what we tell you or we're going to turn you out. We're going to turn you out. And so they're controlling. Now, this other thing, because I ship three, two or three containers a month to Cambodia to help orphans. They are clogging up and taking control of all the seaways, keeping stuff being shipped out of the west to the east. And they're just shipping to the west from the east. So they're telling, they're putting, you've seen those ships with containers stacked on them, 40-foot containers. They stack them up many, uh, several levels, right? 10 10 high, 8 high, whatever they do. Anyway, they're loaded, and they're waiting outside in our ports like Oakland, San Francisco, up here in our area, and then all the way up. Tacoma has a big port. Long Beach has a big port. L.A. has a big port. All the way up the coast. So they have these guys that are waiting to unload these full containers coming from China. But instead of loading them with exports going out of here, the Chinese are saying, don't do that. We're telling the 
the can, the owners of the containers do not we will pay you to send those containers back empty now does that make any sense it does not make any sense what they're doing is they're blocking exports out of the united states going elsewhere that's affecting me and these orphans because i'm trying to ship and i got i got two right now two containers of hand soap for these orphans 2000 orphans but i got had to move it and just hold it here in marysville in a in a warehouse uh until our freight forwarders can come because they don't store stuff at the dock. They just put it on the back of the truck. They go down and they lift it off the back of the truck and sit it right on the ship. It's all a very smooth action, but they don't pick it up until they need it. But now it's all backed up because China's saying, just give us the empties and we're going to refill them and send it back. So as soon as you empty them, you get them back on the ship. We will pay you for the shipping of those containers empty. And uh, so anyway, that's what's going on. So so these the Chinese are working at multi-levels to take over the United States of America. On every college campus, they've given college campuses a quarter of a million dollars apiece, big college campuses, four-year colleges. And they're putting up Confucius centers where they're using those to monitor their own Chinese kids that are being going through education to make sure they're behaving themselves. And they're also propagandizing the university. What are they going to say to the university? They're going to say this, hey, we gave you a quarter of a million dollars, dude. And so... We don't want that speaker coming in here to your, your university talking anti-communism. Get rid of that person, right? So they're buying their way into the United States. They're buying up farmland. They're buying, they bought the biggest uh, pork processing facility, pig processing facility in the United States up in South Dakota uh, called Smithfield. And that's where they had a big outbreak of COVID, by the way, because their Chinese were being allowed to fly in here and go there, and they infected the whole place. The bottom line is they're buying up all these industries, right? They bought up Hollywood. So Hollywood, if there's anything in a film that is anti-Chinese, not just ethnic, like I'm not talking about being uh, racist. I'm talking about if there's anything negative about what they're like. I'm, I'm talking negative about the Chinese right now, about the Uyghurs. Right? they say anything about the Uyghurs in a movie, they say, pull that out of there. Take that out. Because they control Hollywood now. And they control media now, right? So you're not seeing anything anti-Chinese on the media. So it says here, uh, and, and I'm, I'm reporting on it because this is the government that we are becoming, and they're going to take this kind of control here. There's been rumors for a long time that FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency, has been organizing camps to put people that are incorrigible, right? So this says here, among... It says the independent report authored by more than 50 international human rights experts adds to the growing evidence of massing human, massive human rights abuses in China, ones that pro-life leaders have been warning about for many years. Among those are systematic forced abortions through all nine months of pregnancy, which China explicitly admits the purpose is to ensure that Uyghur women are no longer baby-making machines. This is a quote out of their own documents, although it's translated, of course. It goes on to say women who spent time in the internment camps, concentration camps, testified that they were forced to have abortions immediately after being detained if they were pregnant and forcibly fitted with IUDs. Others said they were repeatedly kicked in the stomach during 
interrogations, pregnant women. If you were pregnant, this is a quote, if you were pregnant when you came to the camp, they performed an abortion on you. If you refused, they took you to a stricter place, one without visits without with relatives. Some women said they were imprisoned simply because they were pregnant. According to the report, by far the two most cited reasons for detention or internment are birth policy violations and unsafe persons of childbearing age. Rape, torture, forced labor, and other abuses are also common in the camps. According to Forbes, the magazine Forbes, Eyewitness testimony and official government documents concluded the Chinese government bears responsibility for an ongoing genocide. Genocide is a killing of a particular ethnic group of people, which involves mass internment, a mass birth prevention strategy, and other policies and practices geared toward either fully or partially eradicating a population of up to 2 million Uyghurs that's been detained since 2014. The human rights experts said the Chinese Communist Party is violating each and every act prohibiting prohibited in the United States Genocide Convention. Now, when you go to China, the Chinese people are nice people. I'm not talking about the the people you see on the street, the average person. We're talking about the Chinese government. We're talking about the Chinese Communist Party. Just because it's just like not everybody in the United States belongs to the Democrat Party. Not everybody belongs to the Republican Party. Not it's just a handful compared to the near one one and a half billion people in China. It's just a small handful of people that belong to the Chinese Communist Party, like a Democrat Party, and they it's very strict to get in. You can't be in the Chinese Communist Party and be religious of any type of religion: Falun Gong, Muslim, Christian, Confucius. Any you got to be scrubbed. So if they find out that a person is a follower of any of those. Uh, beliefs or disciplines, they will come to them and, and they'll send them to an education camp if they need it, or they'll say, knock that off, or you're not going to be a part of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, what benefit is it to be in the Chinese Communist Party? There are a lot of benefits. You get treated better. You get more stuff. You get better jobs. You get better vacations. You get to go all over the place. They trust you, right? They don't monitor you and, and restrict you like uh, they do others. It says here the Uyghurs are suffering from systematic torture and cruel, inhumane, and degrading treatment. In January, pro-lifers reacted with horror when the Chinese embassy in America asserted that its government is helping women in a statement. In other words, they said they were pro-women. A Turkish doctor who used to work for the Chinese Communist Party. You with me? A Turkish doctor used to work for the Chinese Communist Party in China recently admitted to participating in nearly 600 forced abortions. Not just a, We're not talking abortions where American women get in there, spread their legs, and said, go for it, dude. Take that baby out of there. That's a voluntary abortion. We're talking about forced abortion, strapping people down, spreading them out, and going for it and removing the child from them. That's forced abortions. One doctor said, I, did six, I was involved in 600 of those. I did forced sterilizations and other coercive family measures, family planning measures to curtail the Uyghur population in America or in China. I don't know whether they do vasectomies on men. I, I haven't read that yet. Uh, the doctor who later fled to Turkey, in other words, they called him a Turkish doctor, but he was a Chinese person in the Chinese Communist Party. He fled. Now he lives in Turkey. The doctor later 
fled to Turkey, said she, it's a female doctor, said she feels deep regret for participating in the government's oppressive population control mess. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because the Chinese government will slit your throat, will kill you, will beat you, will take a cattle prod to you, will burn you. Uh, I, I, I said in Alan Yuan's front room, Alan Yuan is dead now. He was in his 90s when I met him. He was a pastor. He got converted in a youth. Uh, you know what you've ever heard of YMCA? The YMCA was a young men Christian or, uh, association. Then as years went on, they scrubbed the Christian out of it. They just kept the initials. But Alan Yuan was a young Chinese boy, a young young guy, and he got converted in Beijing and became a pastor. When the Chinese took over, Alan was married and had five or six children at that time. They did not incarcerate his wife, but because he was a pastor, they incarcerated him when the Chinese communists took over. He was in, did hard labor for 25 years. When he got out, his kids were all raised. His wife was still there, was faithful to him. He moved into his house. His house, when I walked into his house, we were smuggling Bibles. In the middle of the night, we took Bibles to him. He didn't have anything to lose. He would baptize people in a in a big container of water right out in the public square, right in front of the communists, because you've already taken 25 years of my life. You want to kill me? Kill me. I don't care. I'm already in my, you know, 92 or whatever. But he said he was so in fury. You know, Americans basically love Billy Graham, even if they're not churchgoers. He was so furious with Billy Graham. He he trashed Billy Graham that night in his house, which probably is is uh, the size of a front room in a small apartment. In other words, when we walked in, you could see everything. The sink was over against that wall. The bed was against that wall. And it was just a small room that he lived in. And he was under house arrest. In other words, down the street, there was a guy standing there watching us. We went in there and he said, Billy Graham came to this country. It was bought off by the communists. Billy Graham, right? Billy Graham crusade, Billy Graham. And in fact, his son, Franklin, I just heard today is now endorsing the vaccines and actually has said that um, the election wasn't stolen. Billy, if that's true, Franklin Graham has also been purchased. Billy Graham was bought off by the Chinese. They allowed him to speak there. He was owned. They owned Billy Graham. That's what Alan Yuan said, who suffered for 25 years in hard labor and was a member of the underground church and uh, eventually just died of natural causes and, and old age. But it said that Billy Graham came back from China and told the American people there was freedom of religion in China. There has never been. I had church people tell me stupid, stupid, stupid church people tell me there's freedom of religion and I knew people that were being tortured and abducted off the streets by the Chinese communists, and they are doing that today. You cannot go across the border today under this premier if you have any contraband, contraband being not heroin or fentanyl, but if you have Bibles in your backpack, they will stop you. They will take your stuff. They will take the visa out of your passport and kick you out of the country. It's very serious there now, and people are being persecuted. They're being killed. They're t- Christians are losing— their life and the organs being sold to people, Americans even. That if you if you need a kidney, you can go over there and you can get yourself a kidney with your DNA, a close enough match to get yourself a kidney right away. You do not have to go any long list here. If you, the only downside is you're going to know that they killed a person to give you that kidney. He did not die in a car crash. He did not shoot himself in the head. They killed that person to harvest his organs to give you a kidney. If you want to do that, go for it. 
but people are doing that left and right left and right from all over the world they're going over there it selling people's body parts and killing them to get them is a big business in china if you've got a problem with all this that's a problem you need to change your life to fight against because the chinese are involved in every there's over 3000 counties they are involved in in every single county and every single government entity in this country now they are buying people off they were selling them out they're teasing them they're they're bribing them they are sending sex uh sex people you know prostitutes to uh give them a a go for it and then they then they hold you know then they'll expose them that's just the way it is so that's that's the Uyghurs. I was going to tell you, my friend Eddie, who's in charge of the poop patrol, reports that uh, the poop is is ever growing in San Francisco, and it's, it's even getting dirtier because of corruption. And the guy in charge of the poop patrol, do you know the guy in charge of the poop patrol, Mohammed Nuru? Mohammed Nuru has been arrested by the FBI for corruption. Public Works Director of San Francisco. He's called. Mr. Clean, San Francisco, was in charge of keeping the city streets clean and oversaw a $500 million budget to keep the crap off the streets. He was indicted by the Department of Justice in 2020, charged with one count of alleged public corruption, is, in, in, of course, innocent until proven guilty. This guy, you know, what I mean? you know how much he gets paid? By keeping, just trying to keep the city clean. He gets, in 2019, Mohammed Nuru made $380,120 and his base salary had jumped by $65,000 over just eight years. Uh, anyway, this guy, uh, the poop is unbelievable. The corruption and the poop. San Francisco is the armpit of California. It's the armpit of California. We're out of time. We did all six sections. The party's over. Uh, Lord willing, we'll do this again next week. And uh, in the meantime, get something done for the for the the uh the good of the country be become a patriot okay see you next week we're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight we would especially like to welcome all the representatives of illinois law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the palace hotel ballroom at this time we certainly hope you all enjoy the show and remember people that no matter who you are and what you do to live thrive and survive there's still some things that make us all the same Sugar to 